It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The stories in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Rouché. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. Are we on, Jeremy? Allegedly. Allegedly, we are on. Welcome to convention, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, those that aren't here, and welcome to those that are here. Uh, Karch Karai starting right next to us, by the way. This Karch could be upset that we're talking over him. I'm going to point or should we our be upset speaker right at that him. he's talking over us. And then we can fight with him. Because, yeah, Karch is, Karch is talk, trying to talk over our show right now. Ah, the nerve. Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. We are at convention. We are in the Gold Medal Squared booth. Huge thanks to Gold Medal Squared for bringing us in. All the guys, Owen, Ryan, Mike, all the folks there, Carl McGowan, Gold Medal Squared, Elite Volleyball Training, hosting us once again here at convention. This is a place you want to come if you are a volleyball coach, a volleyball person. It doesn't matter the level either. We've got coaches from high school, college, professional, coaches from overseas, coaches from the United States, everybody comes to this event. And I was talking to Hugh McCutcheon earlier, now the University of Minnesota, and he said when he goes to these FIVB events and meetings, he talks to people who are around the volleyball world, yeah. there is nothing like this anywhere else in the volleyball world. Nothing. Of course, this is the time of year that everybody, and I mean everybody from club volleyball to high school volleyball, college, pros, everybody is here. Absolutely everybody. And it's really a cool atmosphere. The only problem I have, Jeremy. Only? Well, well maybe, maybe a few other problems. But the only problem I had last night when we went to the national semifinals, and we were enjoying the national semifinals here from uh, what is it? What is it called? Chesapeake Energy Arena, I believe. Yes, home of the Oklahoma City Thunder. The only problem I really have is that I have a hard time watching the match because there's so many people I want to talk to, of so course. many people I want to hang out with, and so many people I want to catch up with that it's hard to even stay with what's happening on the floor. Yeah, well, and then when you were bouncing around from suite to suite to decide who has better well, food. That, that's what I was looking for. Who you really want to speak to. It's difficult to pay attention to the match, <laughs> Kevin. We have uh, quite a show planned for you. We will, of course, discuss the national semifinals from last night. We will have a variety of people. This is always the one of the most exciting shows that we do because normally we're sitting in a studio or my back patio, whichever, just hanging out and by ourselves ensconced in in my private gated home yes not community private gated private home. gated home yeah here we're in the open air of the gold medal squared booth jamie morrison just wandered by shook his hand while on air brandon higa should be coming by hopefully soon and sit in with us we have all kind of people coming by to sit in my back is to some people that are looking at us like it's really weird i mean we're on couches too kevin we're sitting on couches gold medal squared really hooked it up this year this is comfy this is nice we have a speaker live here we're getting a little bit of attention i don't know that we can compete truly with karch we should although i say we go to 11 and turn it right at him karchi <laughs> karchi <laughs> i love you karch uh, that'd be awesome maybe do that yeah see how that works out for you so we'll have all kind of people wandering by we have some some sponsors some uh, personalities, celebrities, coaches, folks you know. I haven't seen too many players because the one unfortunate thing about this really is the schedule in that you can't have international players here. We can't have the national team here. 
Yeah, they're all playing overseas. Um, I did see Lauren Fendrick, and I saw Carrie Walsh yesterday. So we have some beach representation here. Yeah, those folks are off. Yep. And love that they're here, but I would love to see the national teams. You would love to have everybody here, here rep- representing, but it's, it's our sport. It's a year-round sport. It's hard uh, to do one thing where everybody is available. It's hard to do anything where everyone's that, that is also available. true. Yes. Very true. So we'll talk about the matches from last night. We've had some adventures here in OKC. Uh, my evening slash morning did not end early. It was uh, uh, good. But both of us got <laughs> question mark great good? sleep. Great hours <laughs> oh, yeah. of sleep. Consistent hours of sleep. Yeah, the hours in which I did sleep were interesting, though. I, uh, I was leaving IHOP at about 3.15 last night. IHOP. IHOP. You know they have those... Everywhere in the United States. And it was packed, by the way, with volleyball people. It was jam-packed with volleyball people last night. Bill Ferguson, USC, his lovely wife, also present. Technical coordinator, volley dork, as he put it, for Texas, Kevin. I can't remember (laughs) Kevin's last name, but he was there. We had the entire Washington State crew, the Greenies. Greenies, yeah. And their assistants were there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, also, lots of folks I didn't know, but obviously we're into volleyball. And then some a cappella group. I, I don't know if it was volleyball coaches. What does that mean? They started singing. It, At the IHOP. It was as though uh, a fraternity was in town, and they were going to sing their their pledge song or fight song. What is a fraternity song where they do the little harmonica? No, no, not my, not my style. No, not mine either, but... It was uh, it was a little crazy that that was going on in IHOP at about two thirty in the morning. Katie Charles would like to know if the molten party was at the IHOP. Is that why everybody was at the IHOP? Post molten party, actually <laughs> molten party, a block and a half away. Yeah, shut down at one thirty. Like security guards yelling at me, get out. One thirty, huh? What's and, LA style ish? And I had to go back in to steal a volleyball. Yeah. So thank you to Molten for said volleyball, which I will get signed by Sinjin Smith and give away. Hopefully, I, if we find Sinjin Smith in this mess, he'll be around at some point. Brandon Higa, if you could find Sinjin Smith, that would be great. Thanks. I like that you can talk to him. Jamie Morrison, would you like to come and sit down for a little bit, please? He's like, I'm listening to Karch, bro. Sorry. (laughs) You listen to Karch enough. You listen to Karch every day. These people people need some Karch. Take this in a Sharpie. Can you (laughs) get a scent? Brandon Higa wants to know if he can go hound dog style to, to find Sinjin Smith. Welcome into the net live once again, uh, Jamie Morrison. Jamie, do you do we have to describe you as gold medal, silver medal winning assistant coach? Because that was your role by then, right? Were you technical coordinator still? Uh, I don't know the timeline on your career exactly. I did just about everything, so I think uh, you can call it assistant coach. You can call it technical coordinator. All the above, everything all the above, yeah. yeah, all encompassing, all encompassing. So you're back with the national teams now, just recently. Just recently, why come summer. back? Uh, I, I it wanted, seemed like you escaped, and yeah. you know, you, you get out of Alcatraz, you get across to the San Francisco city, and then you look back across at Alcatraz and get sort of, uh, I don't know, not optim- What am I looking for? Not pessimistic, uh, yeah. uh, nostalgic. Thank you, nostalgic for being back at Alcatraz. So that was a piece of it. Um, I want to go out and I want to be a head coach at some point in this game. Okay. And, uh, I went off to kind of get some experience in the college game, and I, I applied for a few jobs, and it wasn't happening. So um, Karch has been one of my best friends for the five years, which is crazy to say because you grew up idolizing the guy. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he's been one of my best friends for five years, and he made a phone call, and he said, hey, would you be interested in this? I said yes. We, we talked about it some more and talked to Doug Beal, and next thing you know, I was back. So um, it, it feels right. I wake up every day feeling like I'm in the right place, so I, I couldn't be happier. Women's World Championships. Yeah. 
first ever gold medal in a major world competition for the women's team. Isn't that crazy to say? It, it's, <laughs> it seems impossible, it but does. there's a bunch of silvers in there. Yeah, there are. A couple it's, bronzes. And, and we're, I guess we, we're discounting Grand Prix, but we're talking about a world yep. event, not Grand Prix or World League. We're talking about a world championship, an Olympic championship, a World Cup, any of those end-of-year events for the national teams because yep. Grand Prix is a, a middle-of-season event or beginning-of-season, depending upon how you look at it. Uh, pretty amazing run for you guys. Tell me about the expectations going in. Tell me about where you were kind of in the middle and then the last match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even beforehand, we we had USA Cup, and we're traveling around the United States trying to spread the game a little bit. And, and getting beat up by Brazil. And we were. It was kind of the opposite, actually. We played Brazil four times, and we beat them up pretty good. The first yeah. two were hand, handily, and I was almost upset that they came and played like that. And then the next two, okay. they showed up, and we went five, and we ended up winning four out of four against arguably the best team in the world. So. I felt pretty good going into Grand Prix, and not just because we won, but looking at the team yeah. and looking at the things that we were doing. And we went out and finished six, and I think all coaches have these moments where they start questioning their ability to evaluate what's going on on the court, and I had one of those. So uh, we came back and just identified these are the five areas that didn't let us win. And what we were, were those? Uh, it's a secret. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Can't be given secrets. No, this uh, is convention. You're supposed to be sharing volleyball knowledge. <laughs> all right, you talked me into it. Um, we really needed to serve the ball better. Okay. Um, we we changed our jump spinners into jump floaters. Um, oh, really? We, we wanted to make them play a little bit more, and okay. uh, we weren't getting the value add from our spinners. So Joe Trinzi kind of came in and said, hey, I, he's been pushing for it for three months. And we said, all right, let's give it a shot. So we tried it for two weeks, and uh, some athletes that had never done it before, uh, we really encouraged them to grow every single day in our gym. So they're like, hey, bring it on. I'll, uh, I'll learn something new in three weeks and throw it into the most important competition <laughs> in the history of uh Because why not? Yeah. Was it one of those where they're in the gym and they're feeling well and they're like, I'm confident about it? Let's... Because that's a pretty quick turnaround to start doing that and then throw it into a major match. Yeah. Uh, I think it's what we're all about is every single day just waking up and getting better at something. So they, they're just trying to find ways to get a quarter of a point better, and they trust us to point those out. So um, it, it was a little bit of, hey, you know what, let's try this out for three weeks, and they all felt comfortable with it. So we stuck with that. Um, we really weren't good out of system. Um, our setters or our non-setters weren't getting a good ball up, and our hitters weren't taking great smart swings. So we really focused on that. Um, that aggravated me as a hitter. <laughs> Your setter? Shocker. No, middle. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. Middles setting the ball or some other guys setting the ball. When I played, there were like two guys who could put up a reliable ball. Like, this is not that hard, guys. This is not that hard. Okay. Said an outside hitter about his setters. Serve better. <laughs> so serve better. Off setters. Yeah. Yep. Off setters. And okay. ability to hit. And, uh... And choices? Do choices go in that? Is that one or is that two? Uh, no, that was there was one A and one or two A and two B. Two A and two B. Okay, yeah. all right. So there was non-setters, and then that we kind of clumped that thing together, and then uh, we need to get better defensively, and uh, we need to get on the floor a little bit more and get after some balls and um, pick up some more tips. And tip coverage was one of the biggest ones. And I think f- through the first four matches, we hadn't really let a tip that should have shouldn't have fallen fall. So uh, we upgraded the things that we needed to upgrade. And the last one was just. Um, we needed to be a better team at times. And during Grand Prix, I think people were frustrated and going off in four different directions on the volleyball court. And uh, we really focused on, hey, you know what, during practice, and we gave them feedback on come together in the middle, get there quickly, make eye contact with the people across from you, and we're in it together. So we did those four things better, plus we were a good volleyball team going into Grand Prix. And uh, we got in there, and uh, we put together a plan to give some people some rest because you've been in a world championship. It's one of the most grinding uh, competitions on the planet. And they added two more matches and three more days in the <laughs> middle of this thing. Because why not? Yeah, exactly. You know, why and, not? And enough's enough. So uh, we put together a plan to give some people some rest and uh, 
came out and we got better as the tournament went on. We didn't play great against Mexico. We dropped a set to them for maybe the first time in uh, ever, <laughs> and uh, we came back and, and got better as the match as the match went on. Got better as the tournament went on, and we got into this match against Russia. I think it was our fifth match in, and uh, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, that was a turning point for us. I think that was. I think our players at the end of that just looked at each other and said that was the greatest team accomplishment I've ever been a part of. Wow, wow, which was a cool statement. Yeah, and it, it wasn't one person going out and just going off. It was hey, you know what? Everyone was taking care of their job within the game, and uh, that's kind of how we got through the rest of the tournament. And uh, we went through the next round and beat some good teams, Bulgaria, Serbia. Uh, who else was in there? Turkey. And beat them pretty handily. And uh, we had a couple injuries within there, and just other people stepped in off the bench and didn't blink. And we've been all about that, just about being 25, 30 people deep within our national team. And uh, so those people stepped in, and it just kept kind of snowballing. And then we got into this uh, next pool that they added of three teams, and we played an Italy team that was hot at the time. And... That was a match I saw. They kind of thumped you guys. They did. Well, actually, I, we were up 24-22 in two of the sets. Right, and right. Uh, this girl with a funky lefty jump float came in and just tore us to pieces. <laughs> uh, so she came in, and we ended up losing this match in three. And we kind of tailed between our legs, went back, and we had to play Russia again in two days. So not much time to think about it. Yeah. And we had to beat them in three uh, in order to guarantee our way in. And we get up 2-0. We get up, I think, 13-6. And they go on a 17-2 run oh to bury us in the third set. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't pretty. 17-2. Man. If you want an like, educational like video on how to block the USA, yes. go watch that match. So a lot of people are looking <laughs> at that one. Yeah. Uh, basically, what you have to do is you have to be 6-7. Uh-huh. And uh, you have to get us out of system, and then bad things happen. Um, <laughs> it's six, a simple game, ladies and gentlemen. 6-7 being a big key to that. Yeah, it's a simple seven. game. Um, so we kind of tail between our legs again, and we have to step up or we have to go home, basically. Uh, if we go five, I think it's over. We're done. And uh, our girls stepped up, and we win this match, and then Italy has to take two sets off of Russia. So we're sitting in the stands crossing our fingers, yeah. wearing an Italy T-shirt, cheering <laughs> for them. And, um, we're sitting there, and as soon as they won the second set, uh, we peaced out, went back to the hotel, and got ready for Brazil. It's so funny that you get to a championship and people maybe only see the championship match or hear about that event, hear about the gold medal, and they don't realize how close it came to it not happening yep. because of you needing a couple of sets here or a couple of sets there. Yeah. With the men's team, World League 2008, right before the Olympic Games, you guys go to finals. You're playing Poland in the first, in the first round. You're getting destroyed, I believe, by Poland. Yep. Tom Hoff comes in, things turn around, he Wait, blocks not a only few balls. Destroyed, their opposite had a swing for that match and missed by an inch. By oh. an inch. Okay, so you but you guys are being played out of that opportunity. Yep. Come back, do enough. I think the other match had to go a little bit your way. Then you guys beat Brazil in Brazil in the semis, beat Serbia in the finals, and it's the first World League title. Yep. But it nearly didn't happen. And you can say, same, didn't happen. You can say the same thing about that Olympics. You go yeah. back and look and, and we're playing Russia and two oh points here and there. And, and the we're Serbia playing match Serbia, is the same way. Two yeah. points here and there and yeah. all of a sudden people aren't talking about USA being gold medalists. It's, we didn't medal. No yeah. one's talking about it. You guys it. suck. It's crazy. What are you doing? Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so crazy how close that is. Uh, you brought up the, the change to the float serves and, and you talked about three weeks later it's in the match. Yep. It's in this important tournament. How difficult and how much better have you gotten with your experience is it to balance development of the team and important tournaments that you guys always have at the end of every year? Grand Prix is important. World League is important. World Championships are important. We have to do well in this tournament, but the end goal is one, two, three, four years out. Yeah. How 
good are you at managing that or better are you at managing that or how challenging is that still? We were horrible at that when we first took over. Okay. So when we were with the men, we'd, uh, we'd go on a competition with 12 people, and I think the other 14 people would go drink. That's basically <laughs> what would happen. Uh, yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah, you, you do. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could, I could those guys it did it on the weekends. It was yeah. like practice till Friday, get wasted till Monday afternoon. It, exactly, but like, we'd, we'd leave, and we'd have nothing going on in the gym. But hey, there's a ball cart, and go have fun. And uh, I, I think it's been a lot about, and we had David Hunt, who's an assistant coach at Pepperdine, uh, in our gym every single day throughout the summer. So regardless of whether we were there or not, when we were there, he was a part of our coaching staff. When we were gone, he was keeping the same things going so that the i don't know 14 people that weren't traveling that are just as important we're getting that opportunity to develop there's no break in continuity for them exactly so we had this constant thing going and and again our gym is all about growth all about getting better every single day and we can trust them to do it on their own whether we're there or not so uh we've we've really focused on not just being the best team in terms of winning world championships winning world cup but what we want to be the best program in the world by far does the success make you less likely to make changes in the roster no. Uh, I, maybe a little bit. As you get further on in these quads, obviously, mm-hmm. things get locked in, and the people that have won in competition you trust a little bit more. But we're all about people getting better. And if someone does it to the point where they're beating out the other person every single day, we're going to give them a chance early in the summer to go prove that they're better. Um, and it's part of what we've done the entire time. I mean, Kim Hill came from nowhere to being yep. world championship MVP in the span of a year and a half. That was awesome. She came from Pepperdine. That's where she yeah. came from, Jeremy. <laughs> she came from Pepperdine. I knew just, you were going to throw that in there. Just putting that in there. It's a matter of time. Culture's a big part of what you've learned under the tutelage of Huma Kutchin, yep. now Karch Karai. Having the right people doing the right things, making the right decisions. We talked to Huma Kutchin earlier. We'll have part of that interview later on this episode. And there were some definite choices coming out of 12 that were made to go a different direction with some people. Logan Tom, out, still had some professional life in her, but not on the team. Most recently, Destiny Hooker not here this summer. Yep. I've heard varying reports. I gave certain people I know opportunities to say it. What I heard is that she was suspended or not invited for a while. You don't necessarily have to comment on that if that is secret information, but tell me about cultural change in the team and the challenges associated with that with players. Yeah, yeah. Uh in order to develop the culture that we're doing, where really it's about growth, it's about the, the team in general and us getting better, it's hard to have people that are concerned with themselves. And mm-hmm. it's got to be, hey, you know what, we're, we're in this together. But And you've been a part of the national team. It's a difficult environment just because you're competing with the person across the net from you every single day for a chance to go on a roster. But at the same time, you're trying to develop this thing where it's this family of 25 people that are really trying to make USA Volleyball the thing that it can be. So... Uh, We've, we've really gone and, and, and tried to find the right people. And you, you hear, I, I remember reading an article from uh, the old Boise State coach. I can't remember where he's at now, football coach. And he was just talking about trying to get our guys. Like, we're trying to get our girls in the gym that really buy into what we're doing so that they come in every single day, regardless, again, if we're there or not. We want to trust that they do it when we're not there. They're going to come in and work their butts off. And the only thing that they're concerned about isn't about hitting 350. It's about, am I getting better today? And am I engaged and engrossed in that process every single day? Anyone who's not in the gym now, will they be given another chance to perhaps a Adopt said. Uh, the door things. is open for, for some right. of those people. It's, it's open. Awkward silence. <laughs> just just waiting. <laughs> just waiting to see if we get anything else out of there. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff, and that matters. That that stuff it matters. It, it is tough. We've talked to Huma Kutchin about it. Coopetition. Yep. Where yeah, you're trying to kill the person across the net from you, but then you have to remember that they're on your team. I I, I forgot that at times in my career. Of course, you did. Yep. I did not uh, did not remember. That that was true. It must have been happening when you were yelling at those non-setters, the middles for us. Uh... I probably, I didn't really yell at them. I was later in my career. 
I don't know what's going on here, Jeremy. It's me. It's not you. Okay. It's me. <laughs> sounds like sounds like something a girl told me once. <laughs> this coming year, you guys are into the Olympic qualification year. What changes about this season versus previous seasons, planning-wise, in the off-season right now? Uh, not a ton. Um, there's a lot of questions right now in terms of the qualification process in some ways. Uh, our first chance to qualify is World Cup, so that's our, our main focus throughout the year, is trying to get better and, and get in a position where we can uh, where we can go to World Cup. And then uh, there might be a qualifier to the Norseka qualifier that qualifies you to something else. So. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of things that are up in the air right now uh, just in terms of how that process is going to work. So, Will you have to play in a qualifier to get into the ASC and get your practice that's, time? That's pretty yeah. much. I think that's how it's working <laughs> these days. Um, so there's some questions up in the air about that. But in terms of uh, how we're going to handle a summer, it's exactly how we handled every summer. Just identify the things that we didn't do well at world championships, and there are some. That's the most amazing part is we won world championships, and, and we can count. 10, 12, I think I have a list of 25 things that we can really focus on and get better at than just trying to identify five of those and get to work on May 5th and when they get it. Or uh, I've been sending our athletes some just homework. Hey, you know what? This is what happened at World Championships. And uh, while you're over with your team, hey, get better at this, this, and this so that when you come back, you're better for our team. So it, it's not going to be any different. It's just about getting better day by day. How long did you celebrate that win? Uh, How long did it last? It, it, I think the girls flew out at 4.45 in the morning, so following yeah it, it, the following morning so some it, people hadn't slept. wow yeah there's a lot of people i don't i didn't sleep either and i, I was just up packing and uh it was really it was a cool celebration it was just we, we really do love each other like and uh we came back and we literally ordered pizza uh brought in some bottles of wine and they like brought this accordion type wall in that separated us from the other team <laughs> just because we didn't want to be yeah. it in their face yeah and we just sat around, and everyone gave a toast and talked about how they were happy to be a part of this team. And we sat there for three, four hours just doing this, eating Fun. pizza, awesome. listening to some music. So it wasn't anything crazy uh, at that time. And then uh, it was just fun. How aware were you of the Karching hashtag that has been going on since then? That's where I wanted to go. And are you at all upset that there isn't Jamieing? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Karch is probably the best ambassador our game's ever had, and I'm happy he's the head coach of this team. And I'm happy something caught on. And uh, I, I think I saw a picture of Joe Trenzi and David Hunt in the airport, and it said Karching. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Like, <laughs> I had no idea Yeah, at the time. what's happening right now? And then I think Matt Garhoff kind of hold of it, too, and it, it just took off. I think he started. I think Matt he, was the, Garhoff sent it was to the original yeah, he, hashtag, hashtag of Karching. that. Yeah. It, it, it was awesome. Like I, I, I enjoyed every second of it. And I don't know if you saw Garhoff's Halloween costume. He, I thought it was Karch at first. I literally thought it was I Karch. I looked at the photo, yeah. and I was like, how did Garhoff get a photo of Karch Karching? I was like, oh, that's actually Matt himself. I think Matt actually has a key to the USA Volleyball equipment closet. <laughs> yeah. I think he's been given it, the golden key. If just, he doesn't, I'll give him one. Yeah, just, <laughs> just he should just have carte blanche at this point. Yeah, He's been presented with the key to the well, Olympic team. Yeah. I, I tried. I don't know if Karch ended up doing this, and I'm probably spoiling the cat, but like for Halloween, like he did the whole thing, and I was like, you should really get a, like a, his presidential uniform that he has and go in here and go like this and do hashtag Garhoffing. That would be... Matt, Matt might die. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. He just might self-implode it's gonna if Karch did Garhoffing. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Awesome. I like it. Well, Jamie, congratulations on, on getting Thank back. You. And now after... You're obviously in through the Olympics. Yeah. Rio in, in 16. Yeah. After that... 
What's your goal? I know there isn't maybe a sort of plan, but what would you like to execute? We'll see. Uh, I would love to have a challenge of having my own program one day, whether it's the national okay. team. Uh, I think Karch oh. is in love with this, and oh. I, I think he wants to do this for a long term. Maybe he, put him on blast? Hey, yeah. buddy, <laughs> listen up. Yeah, your time doesn't done. go so well. He's yeah. also competing across the net with yeah. somebody, too. Yeah. No, no, no. But uh, in all honesty, like I'm extremely happy where I'm at. Uh, if Karch sticks around, I could stick around for another four years if he takes off. I, I could take a spot. I'm happy where it is. If a nice college position opens up, I'll go do that. And uh, I'll stay involved, involved in volleyball some way. I could also get outside and do some business consulting or something like that. So I'm keeping a bunch of different avenues open. I'm not sure. I'll probably start figuring it out next year. Well, congratulations on a great season. Thank you again. It was, uh, it was fun to watch. I Thank hope we get a chance yeah. to watch more success over the next it. couple of years. Thank you guys for what you do for the sport. Of course. Yeah, Thanks. we appreciate spreading the word. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Jamie Morrison, assistant coach. Women's national team. World champions. World champions. Women's world champions. So we'll go from Jamie Morrison. You're going to have to get that mic a little closer. We're going to talk to uh, the coach whisperer. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's her official name now. That's what her business card says? Andrea Becker. Well, actually, I had her business card yesterday. It it says hi on the back of it. I'm not sure what that's all about. H-I? We'll get into it. Smiley face? H-I? or. Uh, did you write it on there yourself? It's a it's a, it's a friendly business nice. card. Nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had you on the show before, correct? You've called in before, Andrea Becker from UCLA, and as well as the men's national team. Mm-hmm. Welcome then at live once again. Thank you for having me. Did you know this was happening, or did you just walk by and you saw me and you're like, oh, I should go sit on that couch real quick? I got I was just walking by and um, I got snagged onto this black leather couch, and here I am with this big <laughs> headset yeah. and a microphone. It's really perfect. Just how you saw your day was going. Yeah. Did Did we take a picture of the black leather couch? Because there's not yet, other no. photos out there that they show a picture of a couch, and I don't know if we want to be associated with said couch. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Well, right yeah, now. people will know. People I don't, understand. I don't think I really want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned right now. Don't worry about it, Jeremy. Don't okay. worry about it. It's fine. I won't. So, Andrea Becker, you're here at convention. Mm-hmm. You've come to convention before, yes? I see you here last year. This is my third convention. Third convention. Mm-hmm. You're you're like a full-on volleyball person now. <laughs> you know, I I have had a really fun time uh, being indoctrinated into the, the volleyball community. It's been a lot of fun. Do you ever look around or think back and go, how did this happen to me? Why why am I here? Every what single day. What wrong turn <laughs> did I make? Every single day I think about how in the world I got to where I am. And, you, you know, there's a couple critical points along the way that definitely changed the direction. So. But here you are at convention. Mm-hmm. What do you like about being at convention, being at the Final Four, having an opportunity to watch the top level of the women's game? Mm-hmm. You spend so much time in the men's game. What do I love about being here? You know, I think it's just um, being around so many people who are chasing greatness. And uh, it's, it's motivational. And people are excited about learning and developing their coaching techniques and sharing knowledge and and then the friendships that that people are making i for me i've met so many new people and i can publicly actually apologize to anybody who i haven't recognized it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) so i apologize that happens all the time by the way yeah yeah Yeah, especially just make eye contact and smile (laughs) yeah just hey guy hey so guys that's why my business card says says hi hi. oh is that it (laughs) it's friendly it is friendly they can't be mad at you about the business card because we were maybe trying to introduce you around. Do you have, one on, you? Do you have one on you right now? Um, just one. Just one. Just one card left? <laughs> just one card. It only takes one. That's all it takes. Yeah, <laughs> it that's does, all that matters. It does only take one. 
<laughs> so you're with the men's national team here, but you're about to begin your UCLA mm-hmm. season. Tell me a little bit about your role with mm-hmm. UCLA, yeah. how UCLA is going to be different this year. This is year three of John. Uh, year four with John. No, no, I'm saying at UCLA. Oh, yeah, yeah. Year yeah. three of that team. How different yes. is that team this season? Um, wow. We, we graduated <laughs> a ton of seniors last year. Uh, so the makeup of our team is very new. I think people are going to see a whole different team on the court this year than they saw last year. We're really excited to see how much these guys can develop in a short period of time. So I think it'll be a fun year for us, and I think um, we're hoping for a lot of growth, and we're hoping to have a good time. And Do the college kids, are they excited that you and John are part of – the national team, do they, you guys get oh, a bunch of questions for that, or do they not care and they just want you to focus on them? <laughs> and by know, not care, that might be harsh yeah, for college yeah. kids, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I actually think, I don't, I don't know exactly how they feel about it, but I think it's important for us to focus on our UCLA team yeah. while we're, we're, at, we're at UCLA and then to focus on... That's how Dan the, Guerrero feels about it, for sure. <laughs> AD there at UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that they deserve that. Yeah. They're putting in their hard work and their their time and effort and they deserve our full undivided attention and while we're there we try to give that to them i think it's important i feel like they're bragging about you guys like behind your back like they may not show you how proud they are of you but they're like yeah sorry our our staff and our coaches are with the national team it's no big deal it's like listening to my kids describe a trip on which they complained endlessly but listening to them describe the trip oh it was so awesome like (laughs) to you the entire time you wanted to kill them really (laughs) really it would have been nice if we were like stoked when we were there instead of do we have to walk again go further I'm sure oh, that's exactly yeah. what UCLA kids sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, but it might be more like, dude, here we go further. <laughs> I can't believe this. Uh. So you're discussed in the volleyball world, but yet you're still a professor at Cal State Fullerton. Yes. Which which is the better life? How do you, you have to make a have choice? Time for that, first of all, jeez. Yeah, she, she has no personal life. Obviously, well, we can't discuss that on air. It was, <laughs> that was a topic last night. But. <laughs> but how do you find how do you find balance in this yeah. whole thing? Or at some point, are you forced to make a decision to yeah. go fully down one road or the other? Yeah. At some point, I'm probably going to be forced to make a decision. I've always thought that that decision was going to come sooner rather than later. And um, so what I've learned is n- not to try to make decisions, to kind of let things unfold. And then when you get to the point where – you have to decide. Usually, typically, something new opens up, and there's another way around it. So, basically, I've tried to take as much leave time from being a professor as possible. I graded enough papers where a break was necessary, <laughs> <laughs> created enough lectures, wrote enough research, and this has been a really fun break. I can't tell you how appreciative I am to just be a part of it. It's quite the world adventure. It is quite a journey. Yeah. What's your favorite memory so far of the travel? Not the volleyball work, oh, but the travel, wow. the places, the the stories, the things that happened. Are there are a couple of things that stick out. Oh my gosh! Right off the top of my head, I can't I can think of one incident on an airplane. Okay. Uh, <laughs> By the way, we're just on the internet. We can talk about anything. We yeah, want. whatever. Right, you want. right. Well, well, I was sitting next to a woman from Serbia. And I was in the middle seat. Sean Rooney was in, on my right, and the woman from Serbia was on my left. And as the plane took off, she got more and more nervous until she uh, excited herself into a panic attack when she heard that the pilot was female. 
Um, that was the that was the straw <laughs> that broke the camel's back. That was she, it. She couldn't she, take it anymore. She wanted to know if we had female pilots in America and if this was appropriate and were we going to live or die on the flight. And I was assured <laughs> because you her, had the answer for that. Well, I mean, being well, the only females th- can't really operate machinery. <laughs> apparently, heavy machinery yes, like an airplane. Correct. Yeah. How she dare certainly they. didn't believe that a female was um, qualified to fly a plane, and she was speaking to the one female who works with two men's teams. <laughs> <laughs> so I was certainly sitting there thinking about, well, she probably wouldn't think I'd be qualified to be coaching with these teams either. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did it make you question? You're, you're like, oh, am I, I qualified yeah. to I, work with the national team? And I hope you told her, yes, we are going to die. But Rooney's response, <laughs> yes. Rooney's response to my trying to calm her down made me get the giggles because he had to, he had to completely turn in his chair. <laughs> required quite a bit. I'll say, you know, which isn't easy because he's so tall. Yeah, those guys don't really fit in no. those seats, so which is kind of tough for them. But um, he turned around for. I mean, it must have been a twenty minute where we could we could almost not stop laughing. So that's hilarious. It was a good time. It was a good time. But yeah, on the road. Gosh, I wish I had a better story for you right now. But give me something that people don't know that won't violate the doctor-patient relationship <laughs> about John Spraw. Oh wow, John's a actually pretty funny guy. <laughs> Don't tell us he's well-adjusted and everything's great. He just got married to a beautiful woman and yeah, how did. awesome his he marriage did. is and he's succeeding in life. He's and the it's perfect just person. Hashtag John. winning for John. I mean, none of that. Tear him down, John, Andrea John Becker. Has, John has five specific weaknesses. Oh. What? oh <laughs> let nice. me get my yeah. pen out. Hang on. Everybody get comfortable. We had, we had five changes for the women's national team. Now we I have think, five yeah, weaknesses of John's I think everybody Sprung. in the perfect. whole building turned around because yeah. they want to hear They stopped this, listening to Karch. I, yeah. I don't have anything specific for you. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, we can make stuff up. Oh, He's gosh. balding. He's, he's no, no, no. Bald. Well, yeah. Okay, on, I'm going to tell you, you know. No ING. He really likes tea. Okay. So okay. Uh, every day, uh, several times a day, we have tea time in the office. Sweet. Yeah, he goes to tea, Vaughn. He's got a tea maker in his office, and he goes and fills it up, and other coaches come in at UCLA. We share tea. We bond over tea. Like a nice chamomile? You know, all kinds of, there's all kinds of names for tea. <laughs> really? So he's into it. You'd be amazed. Yeah, he's into it. Does he have mm-hmm. nice dishware for everybody coming in, or are we drinking out of paper cups? No, we all have um, There's different a mugs, China. Nice. different mugs and cups. Love it. And we, saucers? Do you have a saucer? <laughs> we don't have saucers, spoon. but we do, we Sugar do share cubes. our tea. Is there, and I'm envisioning John's office right now, Yeah. is there a perhaps 11 by 14, maybe 16 by 20 <laughs> picture of the queen in his office? Because <laughs> <laughs> if he enjoys tea that much, yeah. the queen mum... Really ought to be there. You know, he doesn't lift his pinky when he drinks it. I was thinking about that. that. I was hoping that was the case. Is that an important part of drinking it? I've always thought it was. (laughs) I want to know what time tea time is because I'm there for basketball a lot, and I can come early if there's tea time. I've got volleyball matches there. Yeah. Okay, so the thing about tea time is it's any time. Oh, so, you so just if I just show over, up and oh, I'm like, yeah. hey, John, it's tea time. It's like 5 o'clock sweet. somewhere. Yeah, it's tea then, time somewhere. And then it's about who has to go and, and fill up the pot. That's a really important part of the job. I have no issues putting right. water in the pot right. if that's yeah. what it requires so, to so have in. some tea time. I'm Jeremy's in. a worker. It's a worker. I'll he, be he put all these cords together here. He knows where every cord goes. Kevin refers to me as the tech guy, and I want to <laughs> smash him in the face every time. That's not the case. And the more upset he gets, the more I want to call him tech guy. It's good. I like your matching T-shirt you have on, Jeremy. That you and I have on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you and I look good. It's cute. Kevin wanted to wear the camo pants that I have on, but he thought he would look like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be awkward. And very he, awkward. he also couldn't pull off. Don't tell anybody, but he couldn't pull off camouflage pants. In public. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry, Who Brent. knows what I do in my private life? <laughs> I don't want to know. It's black couch come into play? I don't, I don't know. He, uh, he way to bring it, it full circle. He brought it up. Way to bring it full circle. That's what we do with themes. We, we start it off and then we bring yeah. it back. Perfect. Andrew Becker, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll, thank uh, you. We'll post a picture of your high business card. <laughs> I can't show, wait to see that thing. On the show page. All right. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Say hi to John Spraw. I will. All right, Andrew Becker, UCLA men's national <laughs> team. And uh, the nature of this show, Jeremy, is that it is a rotating flow of people. Yep. They just they come, they go, they wander by, they wonder why we have a speaker set up and we're pointing it right at Karch Karai, <laughs> wonder why we're competing with them. But we have uh, actually a, a gentleman on the show. I'm not sure we've had him on the show before. I think maybe he called in at one point. And people, people give me grief about this because they say, well, I've been on the show before. Dude, I've been doing the show for six years. I broadcast. It's pretty much information in, empty information into the out. broadcast. More information in, empty into the broadcast. Never to return. As long as the guest remembers if they've been on before or not. But this is actually the very first Division One coach to ever recruit me out of junior college. The oh. first ever letter, phone call. Is that on your business card? Yeah, I, I got. put that right at the top. That was the uh, number one uh, right behind the uh, national championship at Laverne. I said, I got Barney. I sent Kevin his first. All right. The first letter, the first call. I took that. I think it was a letter. And I think you may have called letter. me as well. Yep. But I had the letter. I distinctly remember taking said letter, putting it on the refrigerator in my apartment in El Segundo, and I, awesome. and I put it up there, and I said, let the mayhem begin, or let the recruiting begin. The may- it is true mayhem at that I, point. Bro. For you, it, it was mayhem. We were, we were throwing all the darts at the sky to see if uh, we could get one to land at the, the University of Laverne <laughs> for you. And, and it was the University of Laverne, now Texas Tech, Don Correct. Flora. Welcome back. Thanks. I think welcome back to the Net Live because I think we had you call in, didn't we? I think I called in. It would have been uh, when I first – it was that first year when I uh, took the job here at Texas Tech. I think Tech. it was down at Longhorn. You and I chatted, and we, yeah. and we had you on. But uh, tell us about Texas Tech this year. Yeah, you know, one of the good things is uh, when you make progress, you can see a lot of things change. You know, uh, we won a bunch of five setters this year that we hadn't done in the past. And, uh, you know, you, you just see a team kind of uh, getting over the hump, and, and it was a good year. The Big 12 was a little gnarly at times. Uh, we yeah. took some bumps and bruises. You guys are getting better. Oh, for sure. It, it's a fun, like, when the best piece is when you have some people who haven't seen you play in a year, and there are people you, you believe in and you know know volleyball, yeah. and they go, I just like watching what your team is versus what I saw before. And So that's that, that's a sign, and even people within the conference. We have great coaches, uh, colleagues in the conference, so then and they know what we're doing and where we are. Do you guys as a conference take some pride when Texas comes here? Yes, I, I knew no, you. I knew you'd all like to be here, but when your conference makes the final four, yeah, there is no doubt. Yeah, I think everyone uh, in the back of their head goes, "The best thing for the Big Twelve is to have four Big Twelve teams here." Well, we had one, you know, so one's better than none. <laughs> and uh, you know, and you're pulling for you know, you, you become friends and colleagues, and uh, you know, Tony's fantastic, and Eric's fantastic, and Jared's Jared's great. We have built a really good friendship, and uh, and you want to see them succeed as much as you want yourself to. Last night they lose to BYU. Yep. We we'll talk about it at some point, but I already mentioned I mostly talk to people. You maybe watched the match a little more than I did. Yep. Give me your perception of what BYU did to Texas last night, or did Texas do something to Texas last night? Uh, I you could almost go a little bit of both, but I would go with the first. I think the matchup uh, stylistically with the way BYU is so good blocking and uh, they're so good rhythmic blocking, not just versus fast or slow, but I think the slow high ball set that Texas has to 
turn to so often, and they yeah. know that. And, and they tried to go a little faster this year, but I think that high ball set and, and their pin hitters and right side hitters had more problems than they wanted to in sets one and two. For B- sure. BYU was able to take advantage of that. Well, yeah, I thought they took advantage of it. I thought they put pressure on him. I thought they uh, defended behind their block. You know, I give BYU a lot of credit for defending behind their block so well. And uh, But I think it was, you know, a lot of pressure on Texas. But I give, you know, Texas, uh, I give them credit. I thought they flipped the switch uh, and, and got the mojo uh, and got their offense going. And, you know, I, I, I would be pretty direct. I think Shiaka was the best player on their team all year. I think uh, Shiaka Bagu was maybe the MVP of the conference and you know she I think got them going emotionally let alone physically and Mm -hmm. and so that I think you know set in their middles a little bit more I thought Molly had her hands full in the middle but I thought Shiaka really did a nice job for them and flipped the switch take me to next year for you or offseason spring uh what what do the plans look like? What are maybe the make or break things for you in Texas Tech moving forward to get yeah. to another level? Well, make season? or break is the six kids coming in. We have the best recruiting class we've ever had. Okay. You know, I think people forget how early recruiting happens. You know, and it's and, stupid. Yeah, it's it's not right. Uh, but we have built the beast, and now we all play in that beast. And so, you know, when you look out, like this is really our third recruiting class. Even though I've been there four years, this is our third recruiting class. But really, it's our first full with the number of scholarship opportunities to be able to offer this class. Yeah. And now to have six three, six four middles that are 10, 5, 10, 6 kids, they look, they walk, they talk, they act like big 12 middles. You know, our right side, uh, you know, Sarah Redding is, you know, a six three right that can bring mm-hmm. thunder out of Houston. She's a legit, she could be a future all-conference type kid, you know. So, and then the liberos, we've got a Hawaii league that's coming. Uh, Tita is big league. You know, she's played for Kamehameha. They lost in the state championship, uh, to Punahou, but uh, you know she's just an elite level lead that can get it done, and so I like the piece of the puzzle, and I just think our kids' attention to detail and our kids' attention to where we are and where they want to be is so clear. So we're we're going to work as much on the culture of this group that's coming back to say this is what we achieved, but here's where we want to be, mm-hmm. and so I think we're going after that at a high level uh, emotionally. Uh, I use a lot. We this team is well connected. And, and knows that they want to be an elite Big 12 team. And we're much closer to that. We had top 25 wins. We, you know, had fantastic matches, you know, uh, match points, set points, all these things that one, you know, we got to have that ball bounce the right way sometimes. But we, we are that close. The, the margins are so small. I love all the things you said. I was just thinking you could bring gold medal squared in. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Our, our sponsor here. Yeah, i got to plug no. our sponsor now. Yeah, no. I, well, it's, it's a good deal because when you look at uh, – you know, the way we go about studying it. And, and Jimmy Max, one of my guys, you know, a, a, a friend from when I was coaching on the men's side and he, when he was at SC on the SC, men's yep. side. Uh, Marv was uh, is one of my premier mentors when I first started the University of Laverne. So you're in. Well, yeah, I, I'm in. And, and they're great. I, I'm in in the sense that I know how it's affected the truth to our kids. It just shines the light of the truth when you study it the right way. Don Flora. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. I appreciate Hope having, you're having a, a good time. time here at convention. Uh, always a pleasure, and uh, keep up what you guys are doing because I, I think uh, the game of volley is, is big time right now, and there's a chance that we were right at that that verge of I think just the the expansion TV wise and the numbers of kids playing the sport and the growth and like even the Northeast it's growing. Those mm-hmm. guys are getting it done up there, and so I think we're we're seeing this sport being received by our country. 
uh, even at a greater level. So let's keep after it. So thanks for what you do, dude. Right on. Thanks, right, dude. Brother. Appreciate well. it. Don Flora, Texas Tech, doing some good stuff down there in the Big 12. We've got a, a Viper here, Jeremy. It's getting a little use. Your Viper is just being passed around to everybody in the booth. and The Rumble Roller is getting around, yeah. yeah. This, is, uh, this is a new product from Hyper Ice. I got Anthony Katz. We're going to have him on later today talking about the Viper. This is a, a basically a power plate. Oh, there he is right there, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is a... If you put a power plate and a roller together, yeah. a really nice roller, you can end up with this, and you can travel with it. You couldn't put a power plate in your bag. It just won't work. By the way, I don't suggest you putting it on the floor and then turning it on. It You should be sitting on it before you turn it on because somebody it just did it. It's bou- it's, it's <laughs> out of, it was out of the booth. It was on Karch's court while he's trying to sign out. <laughs> it left for sure. All right. Our next guest, I, I have to start you out with a true story. You have to help her out with her mic too because oh, I got you. This, is, this is true Here's story fine. right here. I, I applied for a job. At Menards Hardware in Naperville, Illinois, in 1990. Oh, sorry. 1990. Yeah. I had experience at Ace Uh huh. Maybe that was working against me. I don't know. Ace versus Menards. Menards is trying to move in on territory. <laughs> and I applied for a job. I could not get a call back, for crying out loud. I'm still mad. Really? That's he the doesn't... only reason he asked you to come on the show, so he could crush you about him not getting a well, job when he was 12. Interview better. Yeah, Kevin. Excuse, whoa, whoa, attack the host right away. Yeah, just, I like at, aggressive, aggressive. You come at me, I come back at you. We've had Albert Hanneman of the NVL on several times, and we have mentioned this person who is involved with the NVL and has been since the inception. Please welcome to the Net Live first time, Molly Menard. <sighs> You're roaring have I not been on before? I don't think you've been on. Maybe once. We just had this discussion, though. We've because, talked. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's on, on air or what's yeah, not on air. Him. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we tried to arrange meetings at NASCAR events, and it hasn't worked oh, out. You, my you schedule could, sucks. You didn't get to go to that, Kevin? Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I, I know. You I were giving on-track advice. I, I know. Apologize. You were talking for, yeah. on the He's telling radio. Molly's brother how to drive the car. He, was, yeah. he actually was wearing one of these. And just piping it right in. Yeah, it's just I got it. Yeah. Just I remember. Me, just put me right into the car. I, I got it. Yeah. That was the break point when you had hated. You didn't like it all motorsports. Then you went. And you were that oh, is I'm totally not in. true at all whatsoever. And my vice was just turn left, and it was awesome. <laughs> I think he he was. Way top to be 10. on top of it. Top ten that day, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, well. you're welcome, everybody. I love it. Well, Molly Menard, welcome. Uh, tell me about your history in this sport, because lots of our listeners don't know your history in this sport. I'm the woman behind the man. I think. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I, I played in college. I played for UW-Eau Claire, and um, I wanted to play after college, but I didn't really want to go overseas and play. So, you know, I thought I'd try beach, moved out to L.A. after college, you know, stayed there for six months, like, got so homesick. So I went back to the corporate world for, like, four years, and then um, I just happened to meet, I'll be doing a, um, a kids clinic that I was helping out with at my courts in Indianapolis, and... You know, it was right around the time that the AVP was going bankrupt for, you know, what, like... The, the fifth, third time. The 50th That time? we can remember, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, he was telling me about how he wanted to, you know, start start his own league. And I'm like, well, I can help you. And, like, I, I wanted to, you know, have a career change. And I really miss playing volleyball. And, you know, a month later, I moved out to California, packed up the Tahoe, and moved out. Love it. Yeah. I can hear the Wisconsin. In her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, growing up in Illinois, very familiar with the Wisconsin. You should hear me when I drink beer. Oh, worse? <laughs> it really comes out. Do you have to you have to have brats with your beer? Is that a good thing? Um, I I do like brats, but I'm just you know more of a burger girl. Burger girl. Okay. Can we go duck pin bowling together? Yes, please. Duck pin. People don't know what duck pin is. Tell them. Um. Yeah, I have no clue. 
actually don't. Jeremy know doesn't know what duck pin is. I don't know what duck pin is. What? Duck pin? Three little balls about the size of 16-inch softballs. Smaller lane, little tiny. No? No. Cheese curds? No? I, well, yeah, cheese curds. <laughs> don't worry. You're not the only one that doesn't know what Kevin's talking about on the show. It <laughs> happens all the time. It happens frequently. I don't sweat smile. it at all. I just smile and say, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, 2010, NVL kind of comes into being, or 2011, maybe after 2010. Yeah. Put it together. This many years on, what areas are really working? What areas are not working? What is, how has your strategy changed from year one to now going into 2015? Yeah, it's been a fun adventure because, you know, our, the strategy keeps kind of, I don't want to say it keeps changing, but, um, you know, we've tried a lot of different stuff over the past four years, and, and really we're seeing that growth, that huge boom coming up from the juniors and the college-age yeah. girls. And yeah. so that's what we're really excited about next year. That's what, you know, we're, we're trying to um, build our assets around that. Um, of course, any any revenue that can build outside of sponsorship of the events is helps. I mean, it's just not even from a marketing standpoint, but just any pressure you can take off of, of course. getting those big sponsorship dollars so you're not, like, handcuffed to the sponsors. And, you know, obviously we love, we love our sponsors, but, you know, when you have, like, a $10 million Crocs deal, it's... You know, and it goes that away helps, the next of course. Year. Yeah. But then it goes away, and you're kind of, kind of screwed. So, um, yeah, we're just really excited about the academy. Um, we got like 20 girls there. Awesome. I mean, boarding school to play beach volleyball. I'm like, can can I can I do this? Yeah, so and explain that to me a little bit more. Like, girls, do they stay there or they go there every day after school they, they, or like um, do I get to move in? Like, how does that work? <laughs> Can, can Jeremy be a door monitor? Yeah, what is, yeah. Really? With a bunch of teenage girls? No, I don't want to do that that's at all. Right. You I go insane a, in about a day and a half. It's more the volleyball. I think that I might be a little illegal, too. But Am I old enough now? Like, I'm not old enough to be, like, their parent? Like, I need to be a few more years older? I'm, I'm getting a lot you're, of gray hair as I'm old. You're a responsible individual. We're talking about actual supervision and shepherding through the teenage years. Uh, but after a day and a half, you go I don't nuts. shepherd really well. I don't shepherd really well. <laughs> but, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you can go – you can stay on site at the Club Med. The Club Med provides all the hospitality, so the, the accommodations, the food, they feed the kids. There's a school on site where, like, the curriculum is based around the um, the kids' training. Awesome. You know? So they can so move into a Club Med? Yeah. Wow. And uh, adults can go and stay there for as long – I mean, they have all these adult programs. Yep. Like, you know, if you're just like – like my dad's going to do it, you know, he's – I would love to see your dad side out. Wait, he's not going to do the volleyball. (laughs) He's tragic. That's what I'm saying. I would love to see your dad play volleyball. It would be awesome. He's tragic. Oh, yes. Uh, but no, he would do like the tennis. Yeah, of course. He can do tennis. You just stick your arm out and move the steps. Yeah, I could do that. You know? That sounds like an amazing. And it's all, it's teenagers that get to do this? Yeah, teenagers um, 13 and up. Awesome. I'm paging Eight, 13 through. 13 to 18? Okay. I'm, I'm paging through Volleyball Soul here, Premier Issue. This is your own publication. You bet. Now. This is very cool. Thank uh, you. What What was the uh, the thought process behind starting this? What's the benefit to, uh, to having your own publication? Hey, just to get, you know, our message out there, get our tournament coverage out there. Um, you know, I just feel like people wanted to hear a little bit more about what was going on at the tournaments. And it's just so nice to have, like, a tangible piece, you know, to pass out. So, you know, whether it's to, you know, like, a young girl or, like, just even to, say, a sponsor or, like, a, you know, somebody to help out. Like, it just – I think it really sh- shows what the sport of volleyball is. 
Um, cause we talk about the college game, the juniors game, you know, and then of course all the pro athletes that kind of are the, you know, the pinnacle of what everybody aspires to be. Things have been changing pretty rapidly, both from a standpoint of the AVP goes out of business, then comes back. Yeah, Cuervo was in for a while with USAV and IMG, then they were kind of back out and there's been all kinds of changes in the relationships there. You guys have been tweaking your plan, but all that's happening in the midst of almost a revolution of how companies advertise and how they expect their ROI on investments and, and advertisements and activations to go. You speak my language, man. How yeah. different I'd like for Rick Throwing out ROI and stuff. I yeah, had to think about yeah. it in my head for a second. How different is the puzzle right now for putting all those things together into supporting a volleyball tour and volleyball events? It's way tougher. So, I, you know, I grew up in racing. And yeah. there was a time when you just had a budget allocated to your sports marketing. And so you just go, hey, can you sponsor our race car team? Okay. And there was no ROI. NASCAR nowadays, they are doing ROIs like after every weekend. If they host instant you know, numbers, wow. Instant numbers, like, you know, Chevy will, like, you know, they're, they're hosting some people that they, they go right afterwards, they evaluate how much money they spent, how much of an impact it had. I mean, it is like immediate, you know, obviously with like Joyce Julius report, you know, all the, the, the TV mentions and, yeah, I mean, it is so precise nowadays. It's it's tough. Like you said, the puzzle has completely changed. You really need to show the value and be able to quantify the value um, after the fact. You know, it's not just getting the dollars in. It's it's he, like, here's what we did with the dollars, yeah. and here's why you should keep giving us the yes. dollars. <laughs> So. How instructive is racing and looking at some of the things they're doing there? You have the NASCAR side. I spend a lot of time talking about the parallels of or things I think might work from Supercross and that mm -hmm. entity over to this sport. How instructive is it for you guys to see what's happening with them? Oh, totally. I mean, the nice thing is that I've been on both sides, obviously, you know, like now we're, we're trying to find sponsors and stuff, but... Um, <laughs> I, was, I just want to tell Karch to keep it down over there. He's bothering my show Can right now. Quiet? Okay, just go Karch tell Karch. Yeah, Karch. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Sorry, continue. Karch is um, interrupting. What was I talking about now? I don't know. I told, I, racing, I, racing being instructive yeah, to volleyball. I apologize. Okay. I apologize. God, ADD over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's. I was on both sides of it. So, you know, I, I was out asking for dollars, and then you're on the other end of when you're getting, like, race proposal after race proposal after race proposal because i was actually the um marketing director for our race team for a long time and so um or for menards so like our, we did we did um we just evaluate different proposals for for you know different guys like you know barney who wants to start his own motocross team oh that would be his dream yeah so i, I think menards needs to get the supercross no, i've got know? the people i can put that together no problem <laughs> we can you know what a1 is in about two weeks i can put that together between now and then we can get a team out there. My, my, my point is is that. No, no, no. The, stay with no. the racing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, Kevin well, would like no, to be no, the writer. But because the, no, the company gets hit up so many times, you know, your yeah. own brand. Everybody's like, sponsor my event. Sponsor my event. Your first reaction is always no. And you have to like, it's a, you know. They have to give you reasons to say yes. Yeah. It's of like, course. It's kind of tough, you know. I mean. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's it's. It's good to have that different perspective, I think. I mean, it's just... Are sponsors today more willing to say yes to beach volleyball than they were four years ago? I think for sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We're stoked. We just hired on Andretti um, uh, group as our sales agency, and they're, like, excited to have this whole little volleyball platform that they can sell um, just because you have that junior girl market. Yeah. And, like, there's so many... Um, 
excuse my words, but there's so many brands that want to touch the female girls, you know. It's okay. You can say that because a brand really can't touch. It doesn't have hands. Okay. It's all right. So it doesn't we can't either. get a bad visual. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Okay. But they want to connect with those young girls, and that's just such a huge market, and that's just that's the buying of power, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the parents, you know. God, I mean, I think there was some stat that a parent spends like $250 at a tournament in a weekend. Just wow. pizza and food and gear yeah. and all this, you know. So there's there's a lot of dollars there. Okay, you have the magazine out now, uh, VB Soul. You guys have your academy you have what on the calendar for 15 if people want to see an NVL event? What is already for sure if they're thinking about beach volleyball already? Um, well, we're going to have eight events next year. Okay. Um, $500,000 prize money. We're going to announce our schedule pretty soon. I think by January 1st, right? Yeah. January 1st. Um, so then it'll be official, official. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Exciting. Eight. You guys had seven last year? Six, Six. last year. Uh-huh. Okay. So two more from last year? Yeah. Cool. Might, might kind of be a tour. Yeah, there, there. You, there you go. A weekly job. Look, I said volleyball started over again. So anybody that can expand each year, I think that's good for the sport. Totally. Yeah. You know, and just the more that anybody can play, the, the better it is for skills and, you know, all that. So we obviously we encourage everybody to play in as many things as possible. I try to play as much as possible. Yep. And that's the only way that we're going to, you know, get the gold in, in you know, the next Olympics and Agreed. You know, eight years. So, Molly, thanks for coming on. I will. Uh, I'll have that race proposal in your hand in a couple of days. And by a couple of days, no. he means in about three hours <laughs> after yeah. the show. Yeah, she just yeah. got out the big nose yeah. stamp right off the bat. Nose that was stamp. it. The nose stamp save, came out. Save your time, Kevin. No, so no. Yeah. Are you gonna make click the race next time? Yeah, yeah my schedule sucks because I really want to come. I'm not kidding. Like, I love being at the races. Okay. And the favorite part is he's the one out. that I know, set, the whole thing set up. the whole thing up. And then, oh, sorry, you can't go. I'll still go. <laughs> my work schedule does not cooperate with my my personal event schedule that I would like to put together. But, and yes, I would like to come to the NASCAR race. You're more than race. welcome anytime. You can't yes. drive the car, though. Dang it. That's the only, like, you've ruined. I still would like to be there. You've ruined NASCAR <laughs> events for me. The only way I can go now is as VIP. As I, it's, the only way it you can get better in the race is box. if I am in the car. That's yeah, the yeah. only way I can get closer than I was he the last the time. Box. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He yeah. ha- that's where he has to be yeah. now. He can't, he can't sit anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't be, can't be bacon in the I can't be with the minions. Yeah, that can't happen anymore. Jeremy, would you do the Richard Petty experience now? Does it get to drive the car? You get to drive. Yeah. Yeah, I told you for my birthday a couple years ago, Nicole got me, uh, I drove in that. At Irwindale? Something like that. The smaller track? The smaller track. track was like a, yeah, Irwindale. They had like I the go older to that one too. Yeah, yeah, it's cars. not, I mean, it's, it's not the same, but I still power. like, I was driving the car. They're not going to give you the 800 horsepower fire breathing beast and, and your they first sh- time They out. should not, trust me. I had a hard enough time with the car that was felt like I was going like 100, but I was probably like 20. I did the Fontana one. We went 100. We went about 142. It's about as fast as they'll let you go. Yeah. If you're like this. You're like, can we go faster, please? The oh, car is like this. I'm surpri- the car wants. I'm surprised you fit in the, the car. The car is bored. No, I don't fit in the car. I do not fit in the vehicle. I, they put me in. I went with the professional ride-along as well, which is Who great because you go about 160. No, just whatever. Okay. Development drivers, not anybody. Okay. So they stick me in the passenger seat. And they have purpose-built ones, 550 horse, but it's not the true NASCAR. Okay. They stick me in. 550 is good. I get in. I got the helmet on and the whole deal that jammed in there. And they, they go, here, turn for a picture. And I can't see me here on the radio, I know, but I can't. I have to turn my eyes. Did you have, like, a full-on Hans device? 
Uh, I can't remember if I had a Hans device on. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. It was just all six, seven of him trying to get in and but out But I'm of in car. the damn thing, and they go, they have the hand on top, they go, okay, he's good, and they slap the top of the vehicle, and I'm like, dude, that's head. my head. Like, oh, <laughs> my God. But the ride-along really was cool. it's a helmet, so that doesn't hurt. No, but when your head is in the touching, helmet and it's on. Touching the ceiling. The roof and the roof. Yeah, that wasn't good. And you go a, w- a little over 160, about 165, which is still, by the way, Jeremy, 30 miles an hour off race pace. That's fast. Did you still fast. experience the G's? G's were good, yeah. Okay. I could go more though. I like I we ran our eight laps by ourselves too at the one forty, okay. which was slow, you know, and, and I, I was like, Can we do a hundred more please? Because <laughs> if I wasn't a volleyball player, if I wasn't six seven six seven, I would be <laughs> a race car driver. That's why I ride moto and stuff now, because I, I have that I want to do that. I would be really good at a race uh, in a race car. I think my son would be good in a race car, but whatever. All right. Enough race car talk on this volleyball episode. Volleyball? Yeah. No. Only partly. Only partly. Half the time. Good luck this year. You guys, Albert, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank Molly, you for thank you for coming yeah, on the show. It was fun. You're we'll uh, we'll update you throughout the year. <laughs> we try. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be texting you. Please do. Please. Show. Thank okay, you, guys. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks for being here. NVL, catch them this year. Hope you're enjoying Florida, Albie. Get on that, get on that Viper again. Get that thing going. Get yourself loosened up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's a big part of the Net Live. I'll give you a hug too. Stand up, hug it Thanks out. Thanks for being here. It was great to see you. Thanks for being a part of the Net Live. Thanks to Six Eight Clothing Company for their support of this show throughout the year. We met them here last year. If you are six three or above, yes, six three or above, I'm talking to some of you who are around here. Everybody, you want to go to six eight clothingcompany.com and get yourself some good looking jeans. I'm wearing them right now. They're on my body. You want to put those jeans on the person you know who is six three or above. Big pockets. Big pulls for the zippers. It is really nice stuff. Go and check them out on Amazon or on their own website. Make sure you do that. Jeremy, can we spool up uh, music for just of a second? We We're going to be can. right back That's here do on the Net Live from convention. We're going to put ourselves uh, together, and we'll have more of this episode. Thanks for being here from convention. OKC. Okay,
Welcome back to the net live here from convention. Oh, we got some volume going now. Karch is done. We will dominate this space. <laughs> we will take over this entire corner of convention. Welcome into the net live, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know anything about the net live, we are available on iTunes. It is a radio show. We've been going since 2009. Myself, Kevin Barnett, along with DJ Jeremy Roche for the last four years, holding down the home court with a variety of Volleyball coaches, volleyball executives, people. We just had Molly Menard on here. We've had a variety of folks already. Andrea Becker, Becker, Don Flora, Jamie Morrison, all here on the show. If you search in iTunes, in podcasts, the word volleyball or the net live, you will find us and you will find a wealth of episodes with everyone you would want to hear from in the sport of volleyball as well as a bunch of talk about stuff you don't necessarily want to hear about. A lot of motocross talk. You might laugh. You might laugh. Uh, so we'll have Hugh McCutcheon still coming up. I did have an opportunity to talk to Karsta Lowe on the way out. We'll have uh, that interview throughout this episode as we continue on here at convention. But sitting down next to me, uh, one of our old buddies, we talked to him last time they lost. So we figured, well, <laughs> lost again. That's kind of brutal. We'll bring him back on. Very brutal. Yeah, way to bring that up. Texas losing in the national semifinal last night to BYU in what I thought was going to be a really good match, and I thought delivered on that. Fun volleyball to watch. I know not enjoyable if you're on the tech side, but Eric Sullivan, welcome back again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Unfortunately, uh, circumstances could probably be a little better. but Yeah, sorry about the results for your side. Uh, give us a, a quick perspective of what you think happened. What did BYU do well? What did you guys maybe not execute the way you thought you could? You know, BYU was who we thought they were. And, uh, you know, Hampson and Gray both had good nights. You know, and, and I thought Hampson, as the match went on, kind of came back to earth a little bit. Um, I don't know if she's running out of gas a little bit. But uh, Gray was great consistently all the way through. And both gave us some issues. Um, you know, and I thought we played well in the first game. And then, you know, we were a couple plays short. And I thought we, uh, you know, we got a little rattled in the second, and that game got away from us pretty early and then came back, and I thought played a really good third game. And then that fourth game was for the match, you know. I thought if we could, uh, the longer that we extended the match, uh, things were going better for us. I thought we were starting to find our rhythm a little bit more. We are getting our middles involved more. And, um, yeah, you know, just couldn't couldn't come down at the end and make one or two plays to, to help us finish it off. How about the atmosphere last night with the crowd? How was it down on the floor? How much do you notice that kind of stuff? Yeah, I don't know. You, I, I tend not to notice that stuff too much, but, you know, it's a great arena. Um, you know, they did a great job hosting it. It, it, it's been, it was first class all the way. So, you know, a great experience for us. Obviously, we're ecstatic to be here, disappointed to not be playing tomorrow night. Um, Only one team can really go away happy in this. Yeah, I keep telling anybody. It's a, it's a tough way to make a living. I, you know, last year it's the same. If you look back, we won the Big 12 Conference. Uh, you know, we lost three matches on the year, ended up finishing third, going to a Final Four, you know, I think five out of six years, and the, the whole thing's a big disappointment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's such a weird deal in coaching. And then, and then when you win it, how long do you wait to start thinking about, oh, well, th- the next time? Yeah, you know, you, it's interesting because you, you read some things about, you know, uh, I don't know, you've gone through it too, post-Olympic athletes and kind of the disappointment. Even if they go and they achieve everything they can achieve, kind of the, the quick disappointment of what next because you've worked so hard and so long uh, to achieve that goal. And, you know, there's a little bit, the, the interesting thing, we won it in 12 you know, usually you go home and Christmas, you get a little downtime and you're kind of just moping around the house for a few days or weeks or months. And when we won it, it was like, ah, why am I not bummed out right now? Like, it was hard to figure <laughs> out. Like, I should be, like, kind of meandering around the house, kind of lost soul. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, like, you know, get back and all of a sudden 
you're back in the office the next week kind of trying to figure out, okay, let's get on the path to do it again. Again. Yeah, and it's just kind of this never-ending cycle. Obviously, it was a great experience, super cool, awesome for the kids. Um, but it's pretty short-lived. We've had that discussion on this show before, and I remember talking to Tom Hoff right after the Olympic Games. I was sitting with him at an after-party back here in the United States in 2008, and he said to me, he said, well, there was all this build-up to achieving this goal, and now we did it. And I don't know what to do now. Because <laughs> you're still the same person. It's just the next day. It's not as cathartic maybe as it's built up in your mind and by other people. For sure. I, you know, I, you guys, what, put three in? So 12 years of your life trying to get to that point yeah. and to go and do it. You know, for me, the transition was pretty easy because I knew what I wanted to do. I had a job arranged. I mean, I actually – yeah, You were headed to Colorado – Two months before we yeah, left. Yeah, the, and the night I got back from the Olympics, I literally, we had a match the next day. So I think I got back to Colorado Springs at 8 o'clock at night, and I drove up to Boulder at 8 in the morning. Boy, that's no time at all. No time at all, but it was kind of a cool, I never really had that time to sit around and go, okay, what the heck am I doing with the rest of my life at 32? You know, so, uh, you know, the transition for me was good, and I, I don't know, I, I never really had that. Obviously, I didn't get to win the gold medal, so... Um, I don't know. Maybe the, the the fact that I never got to achieve that goal made it a little easier to kind of just move on. Or maybe maybe not. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you'd be just the same. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you here. You're all you're all buffed out these days. Ripped you're, up, man. <laughs> you are you are staying in shape. How much are you playing volleyball at all? Um, I'm not. I'm playing a little bit here and there. Uh, more just working out. You know, I had my shoulder done a year and a half ago. Two years coming up, I guess now. And. Uh, and then with TK coming into town, you know, he's all motivated to get in shape. He's kind of he is? He's my inspiration. Really? To go work out Tim every day. Tim Kelly is your workout inspiration. Yeah. These words have never been spoken. This I don't know if you see it. His, 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 uh, his belly's getting a little smaller. He's trying to get in shape, trying to tone up a little bit. You guys are making a comeback for the 50-plus? Yeah. Is that what we're looking at? I, what I would like to see is the cutback. <laughs> the cutback one, if, T, if we can get TK <laughs> physical enough again to kind of bring that back. I love it. Uh, Texas, for you, for your family, uh, you and I have talked a little bit off air about your situation there. The coaching carousel is an interesting thing to be on. You already have done it. You mentioned you went to Boulder right out of the Olympics in 2004, then on to Nebraska, then to Texas. You've been in three places already in the last 10 years. How long will you stay at Texas? How many calls are you going to get in the next two months to try and pry you out of Austin? I don't know. You tell me. Um, I here, here's what I know. I, I know that I'm really happy there, and my family's really happy there, and uh, Jared's a great guy to work for. Program's healthy and, and going in a positive direction. You know, What do you mean? You guys lost last night. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but we've got good pieces coming in. We've got good pieces coming in. You know, it's not like we just had this little group and we made a run. Right, you know, right. Our recruiting has been healthy, and we think that we'll continue to kind of – you know, for us, we want to be in the discussion. We want to be going to Final Fours. And, you know, if you're knocking on that door, then you're going to have a shot to win championships. Um, and we think we're going in that direction. And so things are great there. Uh, we're getting a new practice facility in a month and a half. It's going to open the doors. There, there's a bunch of great things. The programs kind of just keep building and growing, and it's going in the right spot. Um, yeah, so to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not really pursuing anything. I'm not really looking – Add anything aggressively, I for sure have gotten a few calls and talked to a few people, uh, which is great. It's nice to be wanted. Um, but I don't know. We're real happy where we're at. 
What's the best thing about working at a place like Texas, a big university with the athletic acumen that they have? Yeah, resources. You know, we can do anything and everything. You know, if one of our athletes has something that's a peculiar injury or we think that we can address it in a certain way, we go out and do it. We don't have to try to manage it without, you know, the resources. If we want to go bring an acupuncturist in, we go get an acupuncturist. You know, it's it's not unlimited. Obviously, there's there's finite amount of money there. Um, but they treat us like they treat football and basketball and um, you know, we, we have the things that we think we need, and they supply to us to, to be good. So um, it's great for our athletes. It's great to see them treat women's athletes, women's sports athletes, the same that they treat the men. Um, you know, our practice facility is going to be off the charts. It's going to be the nicest facility on campus, including over football and basketball. It's Nice. Yeah, they came to us. When they came to us, they kind of included us in the process of putting it together, and it was it, it's shocking. And they basically told us, hey, don't, don't think about the money. Tell us what you want, and we'll come back and tell you if we can't do it. And so That's a fun way, fun yeah, way to yeah, do a design no process. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, you know, when you see the finished pictures, it, it, we're blown away. Every time we walk in there, we're blown away. Fantastic. When yeah. does that open? Uh, we get the keys February 11th. February 11th. Nice. Wow. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, we so should go down there and get a tour. Absolutely. Any excuse I can find to go to Austin, I am on board. We'll have our own. We'll have two gyms that are only volleyball. So if the girls ever want to go do stuff on their own, they'll have access to it. You know, it's not like we're sharing it with anybody. How much of a recruiting tool is that, and how much uh, is the bar being raised? I mean, I, I signed my letter of intent already twice up at Oregon when I've been there <laughs> and seen their facilities. I might have to rescind that, and maybe i got to sign with Texas after February. But It's huge, you know, and even for us – you know, we've got fairly unlimited access to to gym space and stuff like that, but we've got to organize it, and it's got to get, kind of be planned out. Yeah. Now for the girls, you know, they have a half hour. They can go, you know, hang out in the gym and get some reps in if, on their own if they want, and we don't have to kind of go through the process of dealing with rec sports to do it. And so, I, you know, I don't know how many programs have that on their own. Most programs have some kind of shared responsibility, either with other uh, sports teams on campus or with rec. Yeah. Um, and for us, it's not, you know, it's 100% ours. So it's, it's, it's going to be cool. Very cool. Thanks for coming by. Hey, I appreciate it. Good to see you again. And in, in all seriousness, keep up the good work down there in Texas. It's, yep. What you guys are doing is amazing. The fact you. that you're here every year and, and dominate your conference the way you are and the athletes that you're bringing in, the way you guys are playing volleyball is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, we, we appreciate that as well. We, we know how hard it is to get here, how many good programs you see around the country that haven't been here for a while yeah. or getting back to here, Stanford, for example. You know, it, it's easy to not get here for six, seven years, eight years in a row. Um, you got to have some luck. You got to have some things line up, and we for sure appreciate that fact. We know how hard it is. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a bummer way to end your season. But like you said, only one one team gets to walk home. You guys are one of the standard bearers, I yeah. think, in in volleyball and the way that things are going. The way you can have sustained success and to be here every year, champions in twelve here last year, here this year. There, most other teams in the nation would would give their left leg to, to have that, you know, would be here. Yeah. Although it would be tough without your left leg. Yeah, we, <laughs> we appreciate it. Very good. Eric, cool. thanks, man. Thanks. Say I appreciate the family. it. We'll do. All right, Eric Sullivan from uh, from Texas here on the Net Live. If you want to get the Net Live, all you have to do is go to iTunes. You can download it for free. It's available for $0. I know that's the right price for the volleyball community. Free. Zero. 
nothing at all. We'll make sure we thank Gold Medal Squared for hosting us here inside their booth. And Although I don't know if their booth is disintegrating. Pieces are going down as we speak. I, I heard somebody fall or something happened back there. But, uh, Was it my DJ backpack? Tore I, everything down back yeah, there? I'm yeah. not sure. Sorry about that, guys. What's happening? But half the gold medal display or gold medal square display is gone. I want to thank uh, 6-8 Clothing Company for their support of this show as well and for making cool clothes that make me look better and can make you look better out there. Go to 6-8ClothingCompany.com. Uh, we now also have an association with Eric Sullivan. We have uh, one Tim Kelly. Just mentioned his uh, his cutback one. Is that coming back? Is that do you have that? It's, I have it, but I'm never gonna I'm never gonna bring it out. Really? You just you put it away in the closet. It's yeah. up next to the old UCLA jersey. You got it. <laughs> the only thing I, I would maybe bring out is the tomahawk. Nice. So TK, you've been running Bring It USA. We heard about your booth earlier. We'll maybe we'll keep that for the late night crew uh, about what's going on at your booth. But you run a variety of professional tours. You've run also the Pac-12 China events the last couple of years that have been a big success and i know talking to karsta low she mentioned her experience over there and getting some touch with the international game it's been huge they let the athletes even those that are at the elite level here at the final four with their teams see the greater world of volleyball what do you guys have going right now at bringing usa well you know, since you brought it up i want to say sitting at the all-american banquet today it was really cool to see how many of those girls up there were with us this summer and last yeah. you know, jennifer hampson was on the cnt in china Carcelo was on the other team. Those guys both went crazy for us. You know, Taylor Simpson had an awesome summer. Um, Inky was with the Pac-12 group the year before. Maddie Bug was over there this year. I mean, it's cool to see them doing so well, and it's not. I'd like to think that our experience is helping them a little bit along the way. Um, the big thing we're adding this year, the Big Ten is actually putting a conference team together, and they're going to come on tour. So they're following suit. Yeah, they are. You know, you, one conference does it, and everyone's got to jump on the bandwagon, thank God. Um, so... Uh, we got the Big Ten going. We're going to go over to Europe. That's going to be awesome. They just uh, released Keeler Chan from uh, Northwestern's going to be the coach, which I'm stoked about. Good guy. He's been on a lot of trips with us. Um, so that's going to be a great experience for the girls. How do you guys pick your coaches for these trips? I know there's kind of a core group, too, and how important is it for them to come and understand how to be on the tour and have a good time and integrate with you guys and what you do? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if I can take someone that I'm good friends with that's been on the road before, that's going to be a better you know, overall piece for the for the puzzle. If, if you want your leaders to have been there and, and be having a good time and know how to manage the different things. Um, but we, you know, with the the conference tours, we're not necessarily involved in picking the coaches. We try to have some influence, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it, every tour it kind of depends on what we're trying to do. A lot of times, it's just whoever wants to come. You know, everyone's time is getting so tight um, with their recruiting duties and coaching club and everyone's got families and it's it's a little harder to get coaches than it used to be um, we're also running a lot more tours so uh, but yeah obviously if we can get someone that's experienced and has been overseas understands the FIVB rules uh, knows how to deal with the subbing and stuff like that it's going to make it an easier transition for the girls yeah how different is the game do you think from collegiate to international what are the girls and that maybe the coaches struggle with most I mean, the, the number one thing is just the, the lack of substitutions. You know, our, yeah. the majority of our kids have not played six rotations. And even if they are a six rotation player, they know that there's a situation that they'll be able to come out, either for a break or if they have a couple bad passes, someone can run in for a couple plays, give them a break, and jump back in. And internationally, you can't do that. So, and we've seen over the years, we've seen coaches that didn't really know how to manage that. Um, sometimes the speed of the game can be a little bit different. You know, th- th- they can't manage it as well as they can at home. Uh, dealing with the referees is a little bit more difficult. Sometimes the ball is a little bit difficult. Um, but, but it really is the six-rotation thing. The, the That's a power issue. Oh, really? Huh. 
Okay. Well, we'll keep going here. All right. Uh, yeah, that's interesting, and I've heard coaches at the Olympic level complain for a long time about the fact that players come ill-equipped to really play the game internationally. And NCAA's response or collegiate volleyball's response has been to increase the number of subs yes. and make it even easier to have these specialized players. Uh, I don't know what the net effect of that is on the national team. We've had pretty decent success anyway. Yeah, I mean, well, these guys, their job is not to, pre- to prepare athletes for the national team. Their right. job is to win and keep their job. You know, their school's paying them to get their school into the Final Four. So I, I totally get it, you know, and uh, there are coaches in college now that have also coached internationally and know that they're doing their kids a disservice to some degree in as much as they're not going to be ready when they get out. But, again, it, that's not their primary concern. And with the limited time they have to train and, the you know, the NCAA calendar, there's not all that extra time to get people extra reps passing the ball, get the middles extra rep, uh, serving the ball. So, it, you know, I'm sure it, it starts our players a little bit later. You know, in Europe, you see an 18-year-old, and their skills are going to be about where our girls' skills are when they get out at 21, uh, 21 22. Too, yeah. And uh, just because they've been forced to play six rotations, they've been forced to be a little bit more accountable, I think. Um, but, yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, we're still winning world championships. So the, I don't think it's hurting us that bad. Sitting here on the couch is a much safer environment for you to do an interview uh, rather than playing Frogger in Nicaragua. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hey, if I'm a coach, I'm listening to this show. I'm interested in getting involved, seeing the international game, maybe being a part of Bring It USA. What do I need to do? Just shoot me an email. Uh, you know, we're, we're online at bringitusa.com. We've uh, got all kinds of things going on all the time. We're adding new events. Uh, so everyone always asks me, hey, what can I coach? I say, shoot me an email, and let's talk about your schedule and see what will fit. Before you drop me, I want to just throw one plug, the one thing I wanted to say. We're running our annual January tour. Uh, January 7 to 17, that's where we take players that maybe aren't national team level and can't get a job you know, right away, and we take them over there, teach them about Europe and or try to get them jobs. Uh, this year we're doing, the, the it's called the Mimo Fusco tournament that we did last year where we play outside of Rome. Uh, we, there, we're in a four-team tournament. We take our top kids, and they'll mix in with some current pros, and we play, uh, there's a, a French team, a German team, and an Italian team, all top league. We still need an outside and an opposite, and we could use a backup setter. Uh, the dates of that are some, we would leave the states. That person, would, those people would leave the states on January 5th, and then stay for the whole tour. It goes to about the 17th. And uh, for people that are graduated, if we can get pe- good good people in those spots, it's very very inexpensive, almost free. Um, and so we're we're kind of hoping right now. We're scraping. It's getting real last minute. We need a, a good opposite that can hit out of the back row. We need a six rotation outside that can pass. And a, like I said, a backup setter would work out. And it, the experience is going to be amazing. It's televised live on Rye in Italy. Gets picked up by Eurosport and ends up all over Europe. It's great for exposure. Awesome. Uh, it's going to be a real good time. That's a fantastic way for a player to get a feel of what Europe is like as well from a standpoint of living, travel, some of the publicity, the coverage. You could be a big-time athlete, actually. I mean, in Italy, volleyball is a big deal. It's oh, on yeah, TV multiple absolutely. nights a week, multiple matches. Yeah. No, it's, well, that's one of the countries, Brazil, Italy, Poland, where you know you can be a superstar. The, for them, their top volleyball league is their NBA or, or something on, on that road. And that's something we don't have here, obviously. But that's the whole goal of uh, getting these exposure tours going is to help people figure out what it's all about and be able to make a decision and and realize what playing pro really is because it's not just the next step after college. Fantastic. And coaches who want to put players on teams, again, bringitusa.com. Bringitusa.com. Yeah, it's easy to find. Okay. Right on. Tim Kelly. Thanks, man. Good to hear from you again. All right. Wonderful. Thanks. Stay safe around the OKC area. What time did you go to bed last night, TK? Four. Oh, just four. You beat me by a half an hour. <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> just 30 minutes. Very good. See you, Sully. All right, the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen, here.
inside convention in the gold medal square booth, which is uh, currently being mopped. I don't know what happened over there. there. Was a, Did they uh, have like a 55-gallon drum it of was soda? A, you know, like the Gatorade barrels that they have or... Like the big blue barrels. The big blue barrel. It fell over? Took a dump. And it's... Uh, that's a lot of water. Close that to the might be why we're having some power close issues right now. to the electrical right uh, outlets. But it's, so, we're fine. Nothing, so, nothing to fear here. Just to be clear, the NetLive, which has had its share of technical issues. If you listen to the show, yes. there are some funny things that happen yes. with our show. This it, would be a first. But it's been consistent over the last few years. We've been good. <laughs> now we have 55-gallon drums of water going down. Just dumping right over the In the studio equipment. setting. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I want to make sure we thank Gold Medal Squared for hosting us here. Best setup we've had. We have live audio here in studio. There we go. See, she just moved the – there, she's hitting it again. We could keep the mop off of the cords. That would be nice. We want to make sure we thank Gold Medal Squared for our presence here inside OKC. They brought us in. They got us in. It's uh, it's high security here, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. It and is the, high security. And the couches, too. We the need couches. a photo of the couches. Yeah, we're we're in good shape. Yeah. Let's welcome in now uh, Jacob Hicks. That's right. Jacob Hicks from uh, the booth next door, Volumetrics. Didn't have far to travel. No, no. Appreciate you guys having me. Were you were you safe on the concrete? It's polished concrete. It's wet now. Do you, were you okay? Was there any slippage? Kevin, I kept my wits about me. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking how fortunate you were that you were set up here when a 55-gallon drum went down, right? That's Instead true. Instead of your private gated home, as you described earlier. <laughs> so. we, we might have a 55-gallon drum or two of water go down there, too. It's possible. <laughs> uh, Jacob, Volumetrics, tell us about Volumetrics. I know about Data Volley. Are you a competitor to Data Volley? Are you a, a another type of company? Tell me about Volumetrics because I don't know much and I can't reach the flyers. Yeah, we're unique, one of a kind. Uh, we are offer some services that Data Volley would, but in the essence, Volumetrics, we love the sport of volleyball. We improve the game by getting coaches back to coaching and recruiting, by providing video breakdown services, video exchange, and advanced statistical data for the game to help coaches spend more time on the court, more time recruiting, and get players playing more instead of just breaking down film or watching it with their coaches. But instead, we speed it up. We program every single touch, rate it one to four, and we help coaches and players understand in this rotation or this type of attack, this opponent, uh, whether it was that pass or that shank, how they're going to better result. This says here, uh, we streamline match recording, video analysis, and game planning, saving you at least 20 hours per week. That's a part-time job. Uh, I, I have an issue here with the saving you at least 20 hours per week. I'm not sure you can get coaches to save time. I don't well, think you can get them to can stop save them those 20 hours. They will add something else to those extra hours. Oh, for I think sure. they're just adding in. They're, you just talked about all the capability, and I want to get more into that. But I think coaches are taking that capability and going, oh, I can add 20 more hours of dissecting this game six ways to Sunday. Of course. <laughs> and, and now you might, be, you might be ruining coaches' family time <laughs> The work-life right balance is shot. Oh, but it's their fault, not yours. That's right. We provide the tools. They can make the choice, Kevin. Tell me about this type of application for the sport of volleyball. This is something that when I started, uh, late 90s, playing internationally, first touch with really – heavy-duty statistics and video analysis. We carried editizers. We carried 13-inch televisions and anvil cases. It was a nightmare. It sucked. You couldn't even then, even with that equipment, you couldn't really look at the game the way you can today. What are some of the new areas that coaches are looking at because of the capability of programs like Volumetrics? For example, and we service all levels, Kevin, right? So as low or high touch as a program might need, high school, club, collegiate, national teams. And we have a ton of clients in those spaces. 
So we're seeing at the highest levels them taking our advanced statistical modeling and understanding in the men's game in the U.S., this type of touch has this greater probability and greater importance in this men's league. Okay. While in the women's game, this contact is most important. Interesting. So that would be one use where they're suddenly taking these data that we've enabled them with more time to now decide in practice as a men's volleyball coach, we're going to focus that much more time on the serve and on the attack. While in the women's game, it's actually the dig, for example. Right. So we're helping them prioritize their time with some of these data, right? Big data, get them easy, quick solutions by taking that complex stuff and simplifying it for them. Uh, At the lowest levels, we're seeing capabilities like taking the online streamed video we already have and a recruitment video is instantaneous no, right? can, they can just search by together yeah mm-hmm. so those would be things they're able to focus on now um, and a- added value because of the time we're freeing up and hopefully some of that time goes to the family right well yeah. that's their fault for not doing that that's you not made that you guys clear. yeah <laughs> that's that's on the coaches for and i know coaches and i wonder with the game today if they start to lose some of the feel for the game because sabermetrics and moneyball and all that it's great sure there's still a feel for what's possible because really statistics they're predictive to a point but they're more reflective than they are predictive necessarily and there's and things are changing and i and i wonder with coaches if they're still able to parse that but maybe that's the great coaches and the pretty good coaches maybe that's the difference and we would say though our core is really that we do open up this time for them to spend more time with their players mm-hmm. better in them yeah. in all phases they're not working just on the on the future stats by working with the players yeah the level of play truly is improved and last year in the mpsf and the men's game the level of play and that's marv dumphy's statement it actually improved because of the services of all metrics so if i'm a coach right now and i'm at a varying levels what yes. kind of packages are are offered by Volumetrics, where can I get them? What am I looking at as an investment initially with you guys? Can I get involved at one level and then maybe progress as time goes on and my needs increase? Absolutely. As you see value added, you can continue to look at all of our services and options. So first, anybody hanging out at the ABCA, we want you to come visit Kevin and company. Right next door as well, Volumetrics. So V-O-L-L-E-Y-M-E-T-R-I-C-S.com. Volumetrics.com. Come check us out at the booth as well. You can run a demo on our website understand at the highest level what we provide at the most basic level. So packages are ranging from we'll break down every match you play and every match of your opponent, and within 24 to 72 hours you'll have every touch broken down where you can quickly filter and know where you're going to invest your time in practice that day. To the lowest level of we'll do just a portion of your matches at, of course, a much discounted rate and get you a few pieces of data for a high school coach or a club coach who's now trying to determine what will these data do for me uh, on the on the court in the jos and then we'll see if they want to upgrade from there okay i was looking here so are you guys installing a camera in my facility precisely and then it's automatically taped i don't touch it i get the information from you guys that's right within oh, 24 to 72 hours that's right that's nice i don't, I don't have to manage you i don't have to package the tape i don't, I don't have to have carry to the editizer yeah. there, there is no tape anymore well you know what I'm jeremy yeah. yeah yeah those pepperdine late 90 days those yeah. are over but <laughs> wow that's i really like all that. uploaded automatically to the server and then you just get it on your desktop application can Everything's we, in the cloud. Can we get one in the NetLive studio just to break down our show 
Like each comment that Jeremy makes, is it funny? Is it kind of wry? Is he being positive or negative? Every Can we hand get him gesture. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Our coders are prepared with that live. In <laughs> okay. fact, we'll get you within 24 hours what happened during our few minutes together, Kev. That's I awesome. like that. I like. That. I wonder how Jeremy's numbers are going to break down, and that might help me predict how he's going to react. Improve have, like, his level of play. Do you have fan favorite numbers? Because I think I would definitely dominate <laughs> on those statistics. No, no, Jeremy. It's just, it's We're just incorporating the numbers. social component. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> All right, volleymetrics.com. That is uh, the word metrics, not like standard like the United States. Volleymetrics.com. Go ahead and check them out. Fundamentally better. I, I love the automatic part of that. That's incredible. Yeah, really we're really stuff. nailing that pain for coaches at all levels. And you guys are already doing stuff, I see, for Pepperdine and BYU. Like, you, you guys have some big names. Yeah, we had over a third of the NCAA women's tourney teams. Uh, use our services this season. Yeah, so. saw some Oregon up there. I think uh, ASU, Mississippi State. I yeah. saw on your banner. Yeah, the Pac-12. We did as a conference as a whole. Oh, that's great. So Kevin and Jeremy, we've got some Fox Forty whistles oh, for yes. you guys. To bring us oh, on today. Nice. Volleymetrics, and you can even attach them to your lanyard. We'll make sure you get some volleymetrics lanyards. I'll that's use what everybody's this. wearing here. Perfect. Next, next time, Karch is making too much noise next it's to gonna us. Gonna I'm going to use Adam. this. Right, Karch, simmer down. Take care yeah. of business. That's yeah. right. Hey, quiet, buddy. <laughs> well, thanks. Jacob. Thank you, thanks, Kevin. Man. Appreciate you being on the show. Good to meet you. All Thank right, you check out volumetrics.com. You want to get a look at that. If you're a coach, just hey, throw a camera up, and, and you get access to so much more information. You're not having to spend that time. That is fantastic. Uh, Jeremy, I want to air some audio here. Okay. I want to uh, put on Karst uh, Had an incredible season. Leading UCLA in every offensive category you could imagine. She had just an amazing year. I flew out with her on the way here. So uh, you cyberstalked her on the airplane? Uh, she sat behind me. Huh. So, But I did speak to her before as well. So I want to play this audio for, uh, for your enjoyment. This is Carstelow. Yesterday, flying out to Oklahoma City, she had the All-American Banquet this morning. I believe if I'm – I haven't gotten on Twitter this morning because I woke up right before the show. But National Player of the Year, I think, Micah Hancock. I believe that's what I heard. Micah Hancock, National Player of the Year. That would be worthy. Best server about to play in the national championship uh, tomorrow against BYU. It's Battle of the Cougars. I don't know how our mascot challenge worked out to actually predict the real. Who wears what colors? Like, does one team get to wear white? It's going to look like an inter-squad scrimmage. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Blue and white, two stupid-looking, well, no, one stupid-looking mascot. Sorry, PSU. You're, you're. It's not working out well. Look at the picture. We tweeted it out. I got he all was owning, mascots yesterday. He was owning his platform yesterday, though. The BYU Cougar looks sort of like a Cougar mixed with a Sasquatch, and the PSU Cougar looks more like a Cougar mixed with a weasel. Doesn't he it's have? Just which one has good. the scarf in the? Uh, that's that's Penn the State, weasel. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's the weasel. Yeah. It's not good. It's, it's not good. Here's Carstello yesterday. Let's see how this works out. Do you, do you need to be clever? <laughs> Just waiting in line for baggage here at OKC. Arrived with uh, senior outside hitter Karsta Lowe. I guess we, you, you're an opposite, yeah? Yeah, technically. They listed me as an outside on the All-American thing. I don't know. But you don't pass? No, never. <laughs> this year, uh, All-American. Congratulations. First team. Thank you. Were you surprised? Um, I wouldn't say I was surprised. I was, um, it was pleasant to get the news, but I wasn't, like, I wasn't banking on it, but... I also wasn't super. It wasn't super unexpected. <laughs> was this season unexpected at all? It seemed like you achieved kind of new levels. How much did you know about the level that you could achieve coming into the year? Um, well, I always tell this to people, and then they think it's weird. But I feel like my progress has been like really consistent, and I haven't really felt like I've done anything differently personally. It just like I've just been kind of on the same track and just like progressing, hopefully, and. Um, 
for me, I wasn't like, oh, wow, yeah, this season was, like, so much different. I just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing, um, same, like, work ethic and everything, you know. So what was different about this year's team then? You guys produced much better results into the tournament, a couple rounds in. All that was way better than not making the tournament. So what was different with the whole group? Oh, I don't know. It was a much better season. I mean, it was fun last year, but just having more results. um, I think our outside hitters helped a lot, came in with some big swings. And, um, I mean, we had so much new personnel that it just kind of, like, changed that dynamic. You think it's only, like, the seniors graduating, and then each year it seems to just, like, completely evolve. And, um, yeah, it was a fun season. Okay, national team prospects playing professionally. Is that something you want to do? Yeah, um, I think I want to play professionally. I'm not going to... That wasn't terribly convincing. I think I want to play professionally. No, I want to play professionally. I want to go to Europe. It's a cool opportunity. It's scary, obviously, but um, obviously I can't turn down an opportunity like that, and I'm excited, and uh, yeah, I mean, national team, we'll see. Not Again, not banking on anything, but yeah, it's a dream. You and I were talking earlier about you being a Southern California girl. You said, oh, yeah, little girls never left, left Southern California and now has to go out into the big, wide world. Where do you want to play? If you had your choice places you've heard about, where would you want to go? I know you went to China last year. Yeah, um, I mean, so I talked to Celia and he said, well, like, you have to kind of look at the league and it's not just about, like, the place you want to go. And, I mean, I have heard cool things about Western Europe. My mom is full German. I'm half. She speaks it. So I've never been there. But sprechen Sie Deutsch? <laughs> no. I like no three words. But that is appealing to me and just to feel like it's kind of like some of my roots are there. But yeah, I got to kind of look at the volleyball, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations and uh, enjoy your All-American banquet. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah, of course. There you go, Carstelo. Did you accost her at the baggage claim at the airport? <laughs> no, we were actually we were in the uh, we were getting the valet luggage. Oh, gotcha. I have to issue a formal apology to Lindsey Gray Walton right now uh, of of Kentucky. Yeah, for not recognizing her from last year. Talked to her, hung out with her a bit. My bad. It's okay. And probably the last two years, I see people once a year, and this is a, this is a peril for me. Like I know that that's Ed Chan and the wife over there. I know yes. that, but but I. What do you eat? Julie, yes, Julie, thank you, Julie. Julie See, what are you eating Julie's over saving there? me there because I can't remember everybody's name. I'm sorry, it's my fault. It's okay, Ken. It's my fault. I, it's just, it's a big place, Jeremy. I see people once a year. I understand. It's volleyball. Ugh. Good thing no myself. beach people have walked by. You really have no idea what's going on. I, I'm sorry. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, good stuff from Eric Sullivan there about the match last night. Texas going down to BYU. Huge, huge match for BYU. How about that? Unseated. To the final, and I—I I don't know if we've done this research. Ever to the final, as an unseeded team. Didn't what were we talking about last night? It was wasn't there a Tennessee team? That, that was somebody was it? saying Tennessee has made it as an unseeded, but never never made it to the final. We've had three teams. This was the third BYU going to the final four, making yeah. the national semifinal, but never into the actual final, winning the national semifinal. But there was isn't wasn't there some uh, talk that BYU should have been seeded in this tournament? You know, if you'd seed the whole tournament like you ought to, well, you seed the women's basketball tournament, you ought to seed the women's volleyball tournament, just saying. Same level of of sport, same level of attention, the, the attendance is awesome. 
It's, in my mind, a better sport. But you, if you're going to seed the women's basketball tournament, you had better well seed the women's volleyball tournament. Yeah, when people ask me about that when I was coming here, they're like, how come, who, what, what are these teams seeded? I was like, I, I have no answer for you why they're not seeded. There is no good answer other than they did not pull up the couch cushions at the NCAA and find the 40 grand it would take to seat everybody and fly everybody where they need to go. 40 grand. $40,000. Don't we make that on the net live? That's Can't not we? even probably the president's per diem for the year, 40 grand, <laughs> over there at the NCAA. Let's be serious. It's a premier sport. Treat it like a premier sport already. Because this is huge. What goes on here is huge. Yeah. And there's nothing like this in the world surrounding the the final event, and the field of 64 ought to be seated all the way through. I felt like in that match, though, BYU, I mean, their blocking was the difference in that match. It's been the difference all year. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a gold medal squared thing. I Obviously. thought it was funny to uh, to hear that description earlier this week when we talked to Jared Elliott. He said, well, they're a gold medal squared team, so <laughs> that was part of his preparation. He knew the certain tenants that were going to be used by said gold medal squared teams. Well, he said he they they're going to read bunch block. I know that. Don't try were, and run the pick. They were who they thought they were. Yeah. That's what he said. But They'd, if you're going to execute your system and your system's pretty good, BYU is solid. And Alexa Gray, we've talked about it. She's been kind of the X factor. Hampson played well again last night as well. If you look at the set distribution between the two teams, you could see how heavy it was. Well, they came out of players. a timeout last night. I think she went swing for a point, block for a point. The other team scored, and then she scored two more points. She was responsible for four straight Alexa. points. Alexa, yes, yeah, for BYU, yeah. four straight. It's uh, pretty impressive from her because she, she even last year, remember we were doing her match last year, up and down, up and down. Yeah. And she's young. I think she's a sophomore. Chris, junior now. So up and down, up and down. But she's really, even through this season, has really steadied out. She's playing some nice volleyball. And that team overall, you watch the team system of that group standing in, digging balls, the way they were covering, Hampson under the block, covering the ball. Yep. Really some nice volleyball being played. And and it's, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, well, the team that's in the national final is playing some nice volleyball. Duh. Obviously. But... You, there are different styles of play. The way that they were executing their system was very impressive. By the way, it's 6-7 covering and not afraid. running out of bounds on chink balls and bump passing backwards the perfect set. I mean, it's impressive. That's why she's a first-round draft pick in the WNBA as well. Hanson with some choices to be made. Do you want to play for the Sparks or do you want to go to Azerbaijan? Take your pick. Could depend on what sport she likes better. Well, yeah, which one has more future? I don't yep. know. You can't teach 6-7. That is true. You're listening to that live here on Volleyball Magazine as well as in stadium or in convention. One of our favorite shows, folks. So the demo over. We have a new demo going. Not uh, quite as big a crowd. If you follow Karch, do you feel bad about your crowd? Do you feel bummed out that there aren't people uh, 10 deep around the entire court? Well, I have no idea what Karch was talking about, but he was just speaking, and that's all that mattered. I don't know if he was demoing anything, if he was just talking, because I couldn't see because they were 10 deep. But it doesn't. whatever Karch is doing, there's going to be a crowd. People were going through our booth and and – just looking for Karch. And our booth is 15 feet from the court. <laughs> they were way deep for Karch. I'm just waiting for – they're doing a little uh, – looks like some hitting or blocking. I'm just waiting for a ball to come bouncing over here. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm training now. I'm ready. I get ready for Detroit. I almost got a couple yesterday in my media seat, uh, which is about five feet away from the court last night. You're welcome. Yeah. I actually – I got that question yesterday. I mentioned that I was going back to playing libero for Lloyd Ball's team coming yeah. up in Detroit. And uh, somebody said, oh, you've been getting in some reps? No. Nope. Not one rep. <laughs> not not even one. I did get in some pepper outside the tap works last night. <laughs> somebody had a ball, and I was peppering on the street. 35 degree. With some drunk girl. 35 degree weather. In, she was in flip-flops. 
She obviously isn't from the Midwest or East. From the West, getting in a little drunk pepper outside the Tapworks last night. <laughs> Started early at the Tapworks, by the way, yesterday. Kudos to the Tapworks. I think we'll be there tonight with Volleyball Magazine uh, just a couple of blocks away. They have a burger. It is part griffin, part buffalo. I'm not sure where they they raise these griffins. Yeah, I didn't see any in like the back. No, it seems like a strange animal uh, to to farm. But they have this griffin burger. It has the griffin, part griffin, part bison burger. It has fried pickles, a mountain of bacon, like a half a pig mountain. worth of bacon. Yeah. And uh, I believe fried onions. And then it comes with a Pepto-Bismol chaser. It's really, really good. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Oh, There's that yes. ball. Oh. I still got it. It almost got Kevin in the I face. Still, I just dug it. I just dug it. Came right yes. in hot. I think we might have just broke a TV at the Volumetrics. Volumetrics booth next door. That was that really, sucker came in right in my head. That was a really quick reaction by you because I saw it coming and I didn't warn you because I wanted it to hit you. And then right about there, you cat-like. Yeah. Cougar-like. You still got it. I am cougar-like. Not sure you'll be able to play libero, but we'll see. Dude, that ball was up. At your she, face. Just but just got you, a kill on the right out of that. But did you control it? That's it was question. not a control play. No. no, that's going down as a one contact on the volumetrics. They're, they're rating that a one contact for sure. I don't even know what we're talking about now. OKC, some oh, type yeah. of Griffin burger, fried pickles, and bacon. Let me say. Not volleyball related. Heard this from a couple of people last night yep. at the Molten Party. Thank you to Molten for putting on that party last night. A really incredible event. Thank you to Bryn Murphy, my dog behind the wheel friend. <laughs> We take pictures of dogs driving <laughs> or ordering at fast food franchises, which, by the way, is hilarious. Awkward. It's, you think it's funny when mascots do things? It's even funnier, dog behind the wheel. Thank you to Molten for that party. But talking to some people at the Molten party last night, a lot of doubt expressed last week on our show, or Monday, I should say, on our show, about the locations of these events. OKC, but, but let's, Omaha, but let's talk about what the doubt Columbus. is. A lot of disdain for the possible nightlife or entertainment at me, outside of the convention, because one convention hall looks like another. But for me, though, I think it was more weather-related. Oh. Not necessarily the city itself, not what it has going on. It's For me, it was more weather-related. Some of us have hair on the sides of our heads, Jeremy. I do not. I got my hair cut, and it was walking back to the hotel room, which only took me about five minutes. My, I could not feel my face. You were icy. Yeah. Anyway, what I was told by folks is that they will come back to OKC anytime. They're excited about yeah. the situation here. We can walk between everything. Everything's well put together. There are some good places to eat, some fantastic beer over there at Tapworks. I had a, uh, a chocolate coffee stout. Actually, I should, I, not a, I had a five <laughs> chocolate coffee stouts yesterday This afternoon. was in the afternoon. That was really good. It yeah. did not set me up well for the evening. But Correct. it was really, at the time, it seemed like a good idea. I remember idea. when I left you last night, you said, I'm not going to be out very long. What time was that at? And then when, that was at mm, 11. <laughs> and when I saw you today... <laughs> That it was not the case. Let's just say I had the Viper out at about 3.15 in the morning. That's awesome. I was, uh, I was rolling it out. I left my Viper on. Now it's off. Perfect. I'd like to Viper roll while I'm on the show. You could. All right. Uh, we have a little lull in people coming by the booth, which is just fine because uh, we've got some good audio for you here. Uh, player of the year, Micah Hancock, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We discussed on the show on Monday her father, Mike. Correct. In Tapworks yesterday afternoon... Gentleman walks in. Brandon Rosenthal says, there's Micah Hancock's dad. But there were five people. Didn't have any trouble picking out. You, Mr. Mr. Hancock. You accosted him. I went over and talked to the family. <laughs> Here's the interview with the father of the National Player of the Year. This is uh, Mike Hancock. 
Inside a restaurant bar. But I, I want to start. This is uh, Micah Hancock's dad. Mr. Hancock, I'll refer to him. I don't think I want to call you anything else. You can call me Mike. Mike? Yeah. All right, Mike. Uh, tell me about, we were just discussing your daughter's jump serving. Why can't the rest of the country teach their players to hit this kind of jump serve? What did you do to make this happen? Sir, I didn't do anything. She learned that to a degree from her sister, watching her do it. And she's just been doing it since she was like 12 years old. I think it has to do with time and effort. That's about all I can say about that. Now, you got the whole family here. Everybody's clad in Penn State gear. How much How much do you figure you've spent on Penn State gear in the last few years? I don't really even know. I'd be <laughs> afraid to guess how much money we've spent on Penn State gear in the last few years. Have you perhaps personally funded your daughter's uh, education based on her scholarship based on your own Penn State purchases? Oh, not not quite that. But uh, we have we have put uh, our fair share of money down for Penn State gear, but it looks good on us. That's what we like about it. How how awesome is it for you guys to have her in this area of the country making this Final Four and and being here close to you guys? Because you guys are from where? Tulsa. Edmond. We're Edmund. from Edmond. Okay, Edmond. Well. You know, it's really hard to put it in words. Uh, for her to be here, you know, this is somewhat where she got her start. But to be here and, and for her to uh, be in the Final Four, and uh, we got big hopes for her to be in the, you know, be in the final game and, and win the match. And, and uh, her and that team, uh, I think they're deserving of a national championship right now. I think they've got the skill and ability to do it. Did her performance last year surprise you at all? Not really. Micah, Micah, can, um, Micah can bring it out in the clutch, and she always has. Now, there's always one of them times she may not, but but she has so far. No surprise. Now, you used to be a corrections officer? I retired from the Department of Corrections here in Oklahoma. Okay, so if, if, I'm, if I've trashed my cell and I'm refusing to come out, what are you going to do? You're going to be nice? Oh, I'm always nice. We have policy and procedures to follow in those situations, and uh, you will eventually come around to seeing things our way. <laughs> and we will always be nice when that happens. Are you coming in with the riot shield? What, what tools of the trade here? Man, I'm really out of line to be talking about that. I've been retired for a while. And, uh, so there's been, new technology, maybe? Maybe. I don't really know. Wizard Vaughn, perhaps. <laughs> Wizard Vaughn? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know, man. Uh, how many how many people do you have coming here? Friends, family, folks that you know coming to the match tonight? Uh, about 15, 12, 15. I'm not real sure. Do you have any signs? No. How will we know where you are? I'm the bearded guy that's Micah's dad. And that's the only way I can tell. I don't really know, man. You ask tough questions. I don't like these questions. <laughs> well, I'm going to get out of the way then. I, I can't have you not liking me. No, I didn't say I didn't like you. I just don't like the questions. <laughs> Mike, thanks. Enjoy the night. Thank you, sir. All right, Mike Hancock. That was, uh, that was fun stuff yesterday at Topworks. He was, you can't see it because it's radio. He was putting on his go gloves at one point when I was telling him that I didn't I didn't want Penn State to win just because I'm sick of the Dark Empire. He was not pleased with you. He was putting on his go gloves, and I was calling for reinforcements from across the bar. I was needing some help. Yelled to Brandon Rosenthal, Brandon, help! No, sat there drinking his beer. I'm about, Mike's about to take me out. He sounded like a correctional officer. 
Oh, he's perfect. Yeah. You will eventually come around to see yeah. it our way. Yeah. <laughs> However long that takes. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Uh, a lot of fun here. You you can't find a place where you get all the parents. Everybody flies in, even in a regular match, if you're out in Happy Valley. It's tough. They're from Edmond. They're not going to be there. Yeah. Not necessarily every single match. But here, they're definitely going to be here, no doubt. Uh, all right, let me throw on some more audio. We had Hugh McCutcheon earlier today. We know we've we've promised you a follow-up with Hugh for a long time. Casey Patterson ruined that. So thanks yeah, a lot. Thanks, Casey. Hey, Pat. Thanks for taking out the show the day we were supposed to have Hugh on. Uh, but this is Hugh McCutcheon. Talked to him earlier today. We actually have two parts in this, so we're gonna we're gonna fade out midway because I want to get the Olympic wrap as a whole separate segment. We'll have in the new year. We did I did sit talk with Hugh for about five six minutes about that 2012 team, that event, that lost to Brazil, and so on. But uh, here's Hugh McCutcheon on kind of where he's at now. All right, Hugh McCutcheon, uh, gold medal winning coach and now coach of Minnesota. Is that enough? Is that enough? That sounds accurate. Yes. From Christchurch. You introduce yourself now from Christchurch? <laughs> well, I, you know, domicile has always been important for me. So, no, I don't know. This guy, we were just sitting here. This guy introduced it, immediately told me where he was from. So I, uh, I decided that I would throw down a little Christchurch to see what that got from. That was all. Convention, Oklahoma City, these interesting destinations. Some people say, Oklahoma City, I don't want to go to Oklahoma City. Then you get here, and it was pretty cool. What, what have been your impressions of the city and how it was run? This is night after the semifinals. Right. Well, yeah, the ABCA's, uh, the, the convention's always, I think, really well done. And, you know, the matches are great, and, uh, you know, it's all good. I think interesting is a, a very uh, wise euphemism on your on your part in terms of location. But, but uh, no, in all seriousness, I think um, all, all of the cities that host do a great job. And, and uh, you know, the convention, I was, I was having breakfast with... Uh, with some people this morning and, and uh, that were from, from some different countries talking about how there's nothing like this in the world. And, you know, even the idea of trying to do something like this on a global scale would be pretty cool. You know, if, you, if each, each uh, you know, continental region throughout the world, you know, one in Asia, one in Africa, wherever, um, could be could be pretty uh, pretty interesting event. What if we could get Bernardo Resende to do a, a class on coaching dynamics? And, and I don't mean dynamics of play. I mean his own dynamics during a match. Yeah, you know, it's only three days, so I don't know if that would be enough time to cover it but um no you know th th that would be the interesting thing is if coaches from different countries would truly be interested in an exchange of information philosophy and i think you'd find that that would probably be the case i mean yeah how willing to share would they really be yeah i, I would hope that they would be into it because at the end of the day we have a you know we're trying to grow the game you know it's not it's not the number one sport in the world, and I, I do think we have a number, uh, an opportunity, especially on the women's side, to be the number one women's team sport in the world. And, and I'd love it if, if uh, the FIVB, if USA Volleyball, embraced that idea. And, and that doesn't mean, I mean, men's volleyball is critically important in this equation, and, and even in our country especially, you know, with, with the new NCAA legislation and the, and the potential danger there is to the men's game. I mean, we need to preserve men's volleyball, um, they, having seen both sides of it. Uh, they, they both work together, but, um, you know, this, this women's volleyball thing, it's, it's amazing right now. Three of the four teams in the Final Four are schools that have men's programs. Texas the only one that does not have a men's program. Yeah. You've been in Minnesota now a couple of years, ensconced in the women's collegiate side of things. What's the likelihood you could ever get a Minnesota men's volleyball team? Yeah, I mean, there's a club team, and I'm sure there are club teams at all the Big Ten schools, but it's... You know, I think everyone likes the idea. I mean, Minnesota especially, very strong volleyball state. Volleyball's really popular. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the athletic departments are not, not going to be adding men's sports, I, I don't think. I mean, they support the idea of growth in our sport because they see the, 
the importance of men's volleyball collegiately relative to the Olympic team and the success that we've had in that international arena. But, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to be adding men's volleyball too soon. But, uh, you know, I, I don't mean that pessimistically. I just think the reality, especially in light of this, this new legislation that's coming down the pipeline from the, from the bigger five conferences, um, it, it'll make it tough. You're two years into your collegiate coaching career there at Minnesota. Moved the family there. A couple of kids now. A lot of changes for you personally. Give me a kind of a bird's eye view of how it's going for you. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's definitely been a lot of uh, a lot of learning, uh, which I was I was hoping for, you know. Um, and uh, I see my kids more often, which has been great. Uh, they they get to be a part of what we're doing, which is also I think really positive. They get to come to the matches, and uh, so they feel much more connected to what I do. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's been great. The family side of things, fantastic. The the work thing, it's uh, it's uh, you know definitely a, a work in progress. But but I um, I like my job. I, I enjoy the athletes that we work with. Uh, we have a great athletic department. We have great administration. Um, community support's phenomenal. Uh, you know I, I don't think I could have asked for a better situation. I had a chance to go up there and shop at a Bachman's when oh, I was there. Right yeah. Yeah, I hear that's a good store. Right? <laughs> uh, with your team. With any team that you take over, there's going to be change, especially when my view of, of you guys, and you in particular, you have a particular culture you want to instill in whatever team you're coaching. That's perhaps a big change for a lot of players when you come in and take over a system. How has that process been going two years in? Yeah, I mean, uh, we all, I think as coaches, you know, we, we, um, we have conviction. Uh, you know, we have belief in how we want to do these things. And, and uh so to that end, I, I definitely have an idea of, of how we should, what, what kind of behaviors, what kind of values, what kind of norms we need to embrace for, for this thing to become what I, what I believe it can be. And, and we all know, as, as you know as an elite athlete yourself, you know, the, those kind of behaviors aren't for everyone. I mean, there's a discipline that's required. There's a, a, a degree of responsibility and accountability that goes with um, championship behaviors that, that, that not everyone wants to embrace. And, and um, so, you know, that, that's, that's fine. We're not going to be all things to all people. I don't think we, we try to be. But we do try to stand principally, at least, for, for what we think are the kind of things that will lead to, you know, sustained success. What's your first time horizon for this is where I want to be at this moment? Is it three years? Is it five years for you feeling like the team is yours or you're, you're getting along? I know it's a constant process, but when, when you come into the job, what's the first kind of break point for you? You know, the, the first couple of years have certainly been just trying to get the lay of the land. And uh, fortunately, we, we've had some great staff to help me with that. And uh, uh, certainly indebted to, um, you know, Laura Bush for, for uh, coaching in the interim and, and, um, and then helping out the last uh, three seasons. You know, moving forward, though, I think we, we got to look at, um, uh, you know, this year we've got uh, coming in 2015, the couple of kids that I, I actually got to have a, a little bit of a say in in terms of the recruiting. And then 2016 absolutely is kind of the first athlete that I saw and liked and kind of recruited soup to nuts. So it, it's interesting that four, four seasons down the road is when that happens. And it's uh, um, quite know. a while, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's just the nature of the beast right now. But uh, that doesn't mean that we're not, you know, uh, having an influence and an effect on the athletes that we have. It's just, you know, that, that that's that's how far down the road this whole thing is. So in terms of feeling, you know, ownership and competency and all those kind of things, I, I think it's um, – I feel much, much more comfortable now. I feel like I've got a bit of a handle on, on what it is and what we're trying to do and how we're going to go about it. Um, so as with anything, though, we're, we're always learning. We're always trying to get better and – 
you know, I don't think that'll change for us, but I think uh, things are heading in a really good direction. I'm excited with that team. People might not remember you were an assistant coach at BYU before you joined the national team mm-hmm. and played professionally, played at BYU. You had a lot of volleyball experience as a player prior to that. But you go to the international game and coach for six years, unlimited practice opportunities. Yeah. You come back to college now. How are you doing with the limits of what's possible given the time frame that you're allowed? Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was 11 years actually in the international game. And, and, uh, and so to, to be uh, constrained to 20 hours, at least on paper, it looks like it's going to be tough. But the, the reality is, given the, the duality of that student-athlete life that, that we're trying to help these student-athletes achieve, um, you know, the, the amount of time is not, is not really an issue. Uh, there are some days we wish we could stay a little bit longer. But uh, I think at least in collegiate athletics, we, we should embrace the, the responsibility of, of kind of a more holistic approach to defining success. To life. Yeah, to defining success for these, for these kids. And, you know, of course it should be wins and losses. Competitive excellence matters. And, and it should also be, though, graduate. And it should also be, you know, at the end of your time with us, you should be a, you know, a highly functioning, contributing member of society and, you know, and go on and, and uh, do great things. I mean, that, that, that's it. And um, so... You know, the 20 hours, yeah, we, we, we seldom get caught up in worrying about that. Is it any different for you international coaching versus collegiate coaching in taking that pride in how the kids develop or young people develop off the court? Yeah, I think that's something you, you probably see, you know, five, ten years down the track. You know, I mean, I, right now, um, you know, like I said, I think, I think we've got some good things in place and our athletes are doing a really, really good job. Uh, just learning and changing and, and growing up and doing all the things that you're supposed to do when you go through that collegiate experience. But um, you know, in terms of how that plays out, you know, let's let's talk in ten years and see where we're at there. How much do you watch the international game? Not not a lot because I, you know, we're trying to be the best we can be. Yeah. Um, and, and that uh, you know, I keep my finger on that pulse a little bit. Uh, I'm still involved with an FIVB commission, so I you know I get to go to Lausanne once uh, once a year or twice a year sometimes and. You know, they have some meetings, and you know, I get I get to watch a little bit. Um, but just really proud of both programs and the direction that they're heading in, and you know, great leadership, great athletes, and you know, we certainly wish them all the best. It's it's great to see USA continuing to grow. Gold medal with the men, silver medal with the women, number one ranking, a lot of titles. You're kind of a celebrity around here. How how do you cope with the celebrity side of things? And I know you're laughing already. You you, you seem to deflect it quite a bit. Yeah, uh, you know the reality is I was doing my job. You know, I mean, and 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 I don't. Yeah, but you mean, did your job pretty well. Well, well, thank you, and I, I, I certainly take pride <laughs> in that. But I, I was a part of it, and then the athletes were the ones out there doing it, and um, and and you know, I mean, uh, I really care about volleyball. I, I, th- this game has given me so much, and and uh, you know, I'm punching above my weight every day you know i mean i'm this <laughs> random random kid from christchurch new zealand who's who, you know who all of a sudden had a chance to go to the mountaintop i mean it's it's um it's so surreal right and yeah. so uh I, I i really care about the game and 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 growing it and and taking the opportunity that we have right now to to really expand the sport and um and help other people to to enjoy it and and to maybe love it as much as I, I dare say you and I do, you know. So, the whatever this notion of celebrity, I, I do deflate because I, I I find it a little uncomfortable, quite honestly. And and um, it, it's not 
any false modesty. I, that, like I said, I felt like I was doing my job, and I, I, you know, my job was to to be the best that we could be and to represent this country to the best of my ability. And I think we did that, and and you know, if people take pride in that, um, great. Um, and uh, and believe me, I'm not. You know, I don't shy away from it, but it, it still is a little surreal for me. Do you get more attention at a place like this or when you go back home? I've seen you on New Zealand TV before. I don't know. How, how famous are you in New Zealand? Uh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is not a great topic, Barty. But, but listen, I, I, no, I don't mean it like, like we shouldn't have it. But the, the fame thing, whatever, whatever we're going to call this, I, I, uh, I am blushing right now. I, I feel it. <laughs> uh, you want to take off your uh, Hogwarts coat? Yeah, I might. I might have to. I might have to. My Hogwarts tie, I think. Um, no, it's uh, it's it's great to be recognized for um, for what I think was trying to do it the right way. You know, I get it; we weren't perfect and all the rest of it, but we, you know, we tried to do it right with with what we had and um, the the fact that people can take some uh, some pride. I mean, we're doing it for them, you know, and the fact that people can say take some pride in that that's wonderful. Um, in New Zealand, it, I, I'm a volleyball coach. You know, I'm not an All Black, so um, you know, I get to walk around with uh, with a with a significant amount of anonymity. But but uh, there are people that that, that uh, recognize me from time to time. So, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it'll fade, though, Bonnie. I mean, uh, I'm quite happy just, uh, you know, receding into uh, my quiet domestic bliss environment. Minnesota's a good place. You have to wear a lot of clothes. People can't necessarily <laughs> recognize you. I got a lot of hats I have to wear, uh, <laughs> literally. No. Um, I, I'll probably chop this up into some. All right, we'll leave it right there because uh, I did get on a chance to talk to him about international stuff from 2012. But uh, funny stuff from Hugh here, and you can hear in what he's saying some of the differences in what he's discovered with collegiate volleyball versus international volleyball, what the possibilities are, what you can do, the athletes, uh, but a lot of similarity as well. And uh, and Hugh, you can hear him with the with the celebrity part of things. Not his not his favorite topic. Yeah, not his favorite topic, but he is a big deal here you win a cold medal you win a silver medal you are a big deal especially in the volleyball world i mean yeah there's tons of people and tons of different um, levels of the sport that are represented here this weekend but he won at the top level and people should know him yes they should yeah yes they should yep and they do for the most part around here i think it's a good thing a very good thing uh, we're going to take a short break here spin up a music for just a moment uh, make sure we thank six eight clothing company as well as gold medal squared for having us here at the ABCA convention in Oklahoma City. Last show, Jeremy, last show of 2014. We're going to wait to hand out netties till next year. Yeah. T- uh, you know, categories like most impressive player, most impressive player, uh, most disappointing player, biggest volleyball headline. I'm trying to think of some of the other categories we've had. Male player of the year, women. Female Player of the Year, Beach Athlete of the Year. We give out sort of our own yep. awards. Uh, we don't really have uh, anything to give out yet. I know. Uh, we're Kate, light on the swag. I always feel bad when we're here. I know, but you know Katie really wants to be the, uh, I don't know what number we are, the third person, sixth man, fifth <laughs> man, like whatever. I don't know what number it is these days. But, it used uh, to be fifth person, yeah. as fourth person. It might be down to third person. That's year. really what she wants to be now. Next year, it'll just be me handing out the second person of the year. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Uh, last year we did Best Newcomer, Men and Women National Team, Most Influential Volleyball Event. Okay. I like the category. Team USA Player of the Year, Men and Women, Beach and Indoor. Headline of the Year, Biggest Disappointment, Biggest Surprise. Ooh. Issue that will be influential in 2015, 
VB Person of the Year. And, yes, last year it was TNL Fifth Man. I wonder what that number will be this year. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Third I, person? Third TNL third person of the year? I, who's the reigning person of the year? I believe Matt, Matt, Gar- Gar- Matt Gardhoff won gave last a, year. A, a full speech. Yeah. Sent in his full acceptance speech. I mean, the guy, I mean, he deserved it. He probably deserved it years before, but, I mean. He had Jay the year before, I believe. He did a book, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, he, he won by a country mile last Katie year. Katie thinks she's just going to win just by showing up to the home court, like, every few weeks. I'm still waiting for whatever she's going to make as her uh, campaign. Like her campaign handouts. slow. Well, she better. Yeah, I'm waiting for something. She better get that thing going now or else, uh, I don't know, the award may, who knows. Let's take Let's a start short campaigning. break. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with more here on the Net Live, available on iTunes as well as on demand at Volleyball Magazine. Who's this? Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson. Oh, Bruno Mars. I played this for you before. It's How good. tall is Bruno Mars? Not very. Yeah, he's tiny, tiny. Like He's smaller he's like than, an Ewok. If he was furry, smaller he'd, he'd live in a tree. All the liberos that were on the court last year. <laughs> he's a little tiny human. Yeah. But, boy, he's talented. For that, sure. That guy can dance. Let me ask you this. If somebody my size had oh, the same boy. moves as Bruno Mars, would it lo- still look that good? Would I still look smooth? No. No, it looks stupid. It would take. Nah. I'm behind the eight ball already, just because I'm tall. Correct. You it know, would take a lot to go from here to pop. I need a. Over l- here. I need a lot of dance floor. Correct. <laughs> if for for like six foot seven, I need a lot of wingspan of, space. Lots of solo moves. But uh, what? Here's my rule, and tell me if you think this is a good rule. Okay. <clears throat> when dancing, yeah. At no time, if you are above six foot four, let's say maybe six foot three, if you qualify for six eight clothing. At no time while you're dancing should your hands exceed the height of your head. Well, in all my years of being around volleyball. You can't actually raise the, the real roof. No, because you're actually touching the roof. Yeah. Um, the go-to move 
for volleyball players is the pogo. The pogo? Yeah, which you're basically just jumping straight up and down and your hand's going in the air. You're not necessarily raising the roof, but you're... It might be a precautionary thing because you're jumping up and trying not to hit the roof. I'm just envisioning really tight calves after a night of dancing. Oh, yeah. And you're going to need the high price. I, I might. I might. Let's welcome into uh, the Net Live for the very first time. Congratulations. Very Thank first you. time. Wearing all black. I can barely even see him on the couch. <laughs> I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. Anthony Katz. You know, Anthony, you were Anthony K in my, in my phone forever. Never even knew your last name. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, my mom's last maiden name is K, and so sometimes I just go to pay homage to both. I just say K. There you go. Yeah. Just K. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had uh, the Volumetrics guys on. We've talked to a lot of other folks about training and, and evolution of equipment in sports and in volleyball in particular. And you're somebody that has been innovative and aggressive about, about creating products for athletes, not just volleyball, any high-level athlete. And somebody that's been in that space. Tell me about what you think is happening right now with the evolution of care for athletes between competitions. So the area where I, I see technology really helping athletes is in the area of recovery, injury prevention, and uh, we call movement enhancement. So if you look at it across the board in every sport, off-seasons are getting shorter. Um, every sport across the board is becoming more competitive. So athletes... Their training schedules are, you know, you just don't, especially in volleyball, professional volleyball, you have almost no off-season. So NBA, same way. I mean, the off-season, you know, you get a month off, and then basically guys are right back out of training. How do you get the body to be fully recovered so that when you go back to train or play the next day, you're not sore, you have no imbalances from, you know, from sore joints? So soft tissue recovery, joint recovery, um, you know, nutrition, sleep. Like, what are the things an athlete could do to get his body, we say, like, reset back to zero, which is... Um, you know, not feeling the effects of the night before the, or, or uh, of the game or, or training. So we're really technology. If you really go into an NBA or an NFL locker room, which are kind of kind of trailblazing that kind of uh, in that space, you'll see all sorts of modalities used. Whether it's cryo chambers, um, you know, combinations of cold water immersion, um, heat, vibration. So where I kind of wanted to come into the space was how could I deliver a set of tools for athletes that will help them you know, be self-sufficient in getting their bodies to recover faster. And if they can recover faster, they're able to train uh, more effectively and they're able to be uh, ready to go the next day. And the cumulative effect of that is more longevity. You know, I always tell professional athletes, you have this window of time where you can earn money. In most normal people's life, their, their earning power gets greater as they get older. Professional athletes, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, I say this all the time. It yeah. falls off a shelf. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you got age 22 or in some sports 20, but really once you get over 30, you're considered kind of an older player. Yep. So what I tell, you know, my NBA guys is that, look, you know, your last contract, you know, the veteran minimum in the NBA is, you know, $2.5 million. You're looking at, you know, you know or look at a guy like Steve Nash who played all the way until 40, earned $28 million in his last three years. You can basically take that. We're playing about ten games, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know. So if if you and but he did so much to help his body get to where you can even get a contract at thirty seven years yep. old. So what Nash did was really invest in his body early in his career, paid off, and you know you talk about twenty eight million dollars. That's a lot to retire on. Um, so he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, like where my interest lied was, what set of tools can I create for athletes to help, not only improve their performance, but 
prolong their careers. And Nike really wasn't doing it. Adidas wasn't doing it. Under Armour wasn't doing it. So I wanted to step into the space. And, um, you know, that's kind of where I've kind of landed. All right. Didn't cover at the beginning, uh, Anthony, owner of Hyper Ice. And Hyper Ice is a, a bunch of wearable, flexible ice packs for various parts of the body. That was kind of how you got your start. Right. Tell me about developing Hyper Ice. So I started probably 2009-10. I had the idea. Like I, I was looking at, you know, the game ready machine was like a five thousand dollar machine that you see in all the professional training rooms. But there was really nothing where like athletes could get treatment, you know, portably. And like I looked, the lifestyle of professional athletes are traveling a lot. They're in hotels. They're they're mobile. Um, not only not wanting to lug around something the size of like a car battery with hoses and stuff. So I was thinking, what can I create? that could give the athletes training room level treatment, but completely be portable. So I made a crude prototype. I went to a, a wetsuit factory and started cutting neoprene. I was, um, you know, kind of just experimenting with what was existing. And I realized that an air release system would be needed to like optimize the treatment. Yeah. Cause there were systems existing, but dealing with undoing your, the top of yeah. your bag and leaking the air out yeah. and putting it back oh, in yeah. and having it and you, and you let it melt a bit so there's more air in there, and then you got to kind of open it, but now it's shooting water down. Yeah. The, it was a body. science just getting it on. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and the I, bags I, weren't that good. It was hard to get ice in them. So I, I had this idea for an air release system. I went to an engineering company. This was during, like, the depth of the recession in 2009. No one was really looking to do new products. Um, they kind of told me to, like, go away. I kept kind of being persistent about it, um, and they agreed to make a prototype. Once I made the prototype, my idea is always like I want to go get it to the influencer. So I started seating one of the first guys I happened to give it to is Kobe Bryant, who is my uh, my my friend was his trainer. Um, and then I just started. You know, we 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 started. We made ten. We made forty. We made a hundred. I started seating them, and I just knew who the influencers were in the certain sports. And it started to kind of get other people talking about it, and it started to kind of catch on. Then we started doing some business in the NBA training rooms, and. Um, we always like what we talk about is like a pull strategy. It's you get the product to the influencers, and the influencers will kind of pull everyone else along. So it was one of those things where you have to make a product good enough for those guys to want to use it. That's the challenge. I mean, it's their, you know, they get. Well, especially I, with the access that they have and everybody anything. and everybody People giving them stuff saying, yeah, too. Like, of course. You know, I, I'm, you know, Blake Griffin's one of the owners of our company. He's a friend of mine. He goes, I have like a garage full of products that like they're sending of my course. agent. I don't even open them. Like, it's just so hard to, like, you know, to sift through that. So having the access to be able to give a guy something that is going to help their – anything on the performance side, they're much more open to. Of course. As opposed to a new pair of headphones yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. And you really kind of marvel what Beats by Dre did by the first Beats by Dre were seated to the 2008. But he was doing it the same way you were. He, yes, Jimmy exactly, Iveen yes. had all those relationships exactly. and just gave it to these guys. Yeah. And they're like, we want to be out there. And it was good stuff. And same thing. The, yep. Yeah, sometimes they like to make stories out of products that they say, oh, this, this came out of nowhere. You go, no, no. The people behind it actually had a lot of experience in that field or related fields that were then joined. And they also connected with people who had the ability to distribute things. Because it's one thing to invent something. Something entirely different to be able to distribute something. Well, it's also yeah. relationships. People say all the time, it's, oh, it's who you know. It's no, who knows you. Like, yeah. I know Blake Griffin because I work at the Staples Center, but Blake Griffin doesn't know me. Yeah, oh, yeah. great. Now this turns into a show where yeah. no, no, no one cares Griffin, about you. I don't know Blake Griffin. Yeah. That's yeah. why I bought a Kia because again? of Blake Griffin. <laughs> Kevin? So oh, I, you're right because you guys know, like, you're able to talk to him personally. You're not trying to get something over on him. So he's like, let me give this sure. a shot. And, like, you know, anything on the performance side, you know, he has a circle around people he trusts. You know, uh, Robbie Davis, who's his trainer, who's also one of our partners, was able to, like, you know, he was working with him every day. Blake just really drew, was drawn to the product. He liked it. 
And when a guy actually likes something and is using something, it's a lot easier conversation to have about engaging them further. It's the same thing with the Viper. was the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. they're, they're people, too, and you want to feel good about something that you're promoting and giving to people. I brought, I brought the Viper with me because yeah. I love yeah. this thing. Yeah, yeah. I like this thing when you showed it to me last year. <laughs> And I wanted to steal it. I tried yeah. to take it, and I tried to run around. Yeah. I went, I went your, around six your one booths. prototype yeah. he was trying to steal yeah. from you. I went past six booths, and he actually – it was very impressive. He had a great angle. I came out from behind the rocks booth, and he hit me right as I came out past Gave one of the poles. Line. Yeah, it was crazy. It, it, oh, man, it was like uh, Lawrence Taylor. That, 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 was what, that was the very first prototype. I carried it around in my backpack, and I never lost sight of it, so – I was very, very, very protective of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, he was like Terry Tate, office linebacker. Yeah, you can't Got steal me. the one prototype. No. So yeah. So now, finally, a year later, he, he gives yeah. this to me like just a couple of days ago, and I'm getting a chance to use it. I, I love on your website here. Uh, we'll get to the, more about the Viper, but on your Hyper Ice website, where you can get the Viper or Hyper Ice products, I like the list of athletes: Blake Griffin, Troy Polamalu, yeah. Hope Solo, Rudy Gay, Lauren Collins. All makes perfect sense. Sean Rooney. <laughs> Alex Kleiman, <laughs> bravo! Got to put some volleyball, volleyball players volleyball on yeah. there, right? Yeah. And I didn't even have to click to another page. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I click on athletes, I'll bet there's a bigger list yeah. here. But on the front page, oh, it has a two photo. volleyball players. Love it. Yeah. They were they actually made the list. There's lots of pictures of Blake Griffin, and uh, yeah. as good as I feel about my physical person and where I'm at physically, do you see Blake? Where Griffin? I used to be yeah. at physically and what I could do. I, I could not put Blake in the post. Nope. Yeah. No, Blake would destroy me. Yeah. He would wreck me in a hurry easily. So I've always had, um, because we were a company based in Orange County and the national team trains in Orange County, I kind of really wanted to look you know, at all the national teams. So we do stuff with USA soccer. We do stuff with, you know, obviously USA basketball. But I have a lot, I, as just a fan of the sport, you know, it was, it was, you know, they're 10 minutes down the road. We started seeding some product to the national team and now. I'd say probably most of the national team, even though they're sponsored by Mizuno, wears high price, which is kind of just a testament to like they just like the product. Yeah. And and, um, and now with the Viper, we seated a couple with them. And um, you know, Alex was someone who was a I wanted kind of like a young up and comer, um, and she was a friend of mine, and she's been a great ambassador for us. And Sean Rooney's had a long career in professional volleyball, and same thing for him too. So um, I, I I'm like I said, I'm a fan of the sport, and they've uh, you know. Volleyball is a sport where, like they don't, like we talked earlier, they don't have much of an off season, so the recovery aspect is really important for them. In 2003, coming back from injury, I'm in Italy training and going to the training room all the time. They had a power plate, or what was a power plate. Then I come back and the training center would have one. They actually got one in 2003, 2004. Started using a power plate. They actually had rollers, although I never really used them. They had the white roller. Which, by the way, the white roller, it's not good for anything. You should take the white roller. If you own one. The super soft, like, does nothing for you. If you own one, you're listening to the show. If it's in the backseat of your car, I don't suggest throwing it out onto the freeway. But if you are in your home right now, pause the program. Go get your white roller. Here's what you want to do. You want to open your window near your garbage cans. You want to throw it out said window into the garbage area and leave it there and let it rot and then throw it away. Because it's not worth anything. If you have a black one, that's okay. Good place to start. Everyone's got to start somewhere. If you have a grid, you need to you need to have a grid after that. And what you really need to do, actually, if you don't, once you're into rolling, you need to go and yes. get yourself a Viper V Y P E R because this thing now is a power plate plus a roller. And I've traveled with a roller for the last three years. I've been rolling twice a day, every day, or more for the last four years. And it's made the biggest difference for me, just the aspect of myofascial rolling, 
has made the biggest difference for me as far as what I'm able to do, ride motorcycles, go back and play a little volleyball, goof around with the kids, whatever. Now this, I've got a power plate and a roller that I'm hanging around with with this Viper. What kind of feedback are you getting from these pro athletes besides Kevin who's using it for his parental duties? <laughs> this has been by far, um, like, of all the products I've been associated with, I mean, obviously the high price and, you know, kind of just knowing people bringing products to market, it's been the fastest, most accepted product in the space that I, that I can remember. Um, and I'm not saying that because it's ours. I'm just saying because, you know, I have some experience in the space releasing a product and, you know, with the high price, it was, you know, guys would talk about it and, you know, it built some organic, you know, kind of buzz about it. But um, the Viper, because we had already done it once with the high price, it yep. was like, you know, you do it your second time. You have experience in bringing a product to market. The strategy we used was we made the first hundred and we seeded them with influencers. So we gave it, you know, our usual guys, you know, b- besides our, our, our ambassadors like LeBron James, um, Tom Brady, kind of guys in, that are kind of big names in the sports. We also did this with, like, celebrities this time because celebrities are really into their fitness. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we did, um, you know, Bradley Cooper's training for a movie. Um, a guy, Clint Eastwood, who's a big, you know, fitness guy, even though he's almost 80 years old. Doesn't matter. Uh, Jessica Alba. We, and so what we were do, we, our strategy was we seeded these 100, and then we contacted. Uh, we had a PR group we were working with. PR group was building this buzz about, hey, there's this product. All the professional athletes and celebrities were the first 100 to get it. It was like this story. Yeah. The media started covering it. And then the um, and then that's kind of where like the buzz started kind of being created. But as far as the feedback directly from the athletes, um, it's been very positive. And we've had some athletes say this is something that they they travel with wherever they go. Um, for some reason, probably I'd say the anecdotally the biggest story probably was the guy JJ Watt of the Houston Texans. Yep. He's an avid foam roller. Um, I met him through his agent, and um, he's been a guy that got the Houston Texans all behind it, and now they're one of our biggest clients. So. I mean, across the board, if guys foam rolled, this is just kind of you do this, and then you kind of don't really want to go back to regular foam rolling. Yeah, 2.0. Yeah. I yeah. tried it earlier, and I'm like, I don't want to go back to my normal black one. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like I, what I said. I'm going to steal that from you. It's like the difference between a sword, I will tackle a, you. A, a sword and a lightsaber. You know, it's like, Everybody wants a lightsaber, yeah, obviously. A lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, and, and to me, I hope my goal is that in three years, people will be like, hey, remember when we used to just roll on foam? Oh, that was so, as long as yeah. yeah, that's my goal. Yeah. Kids will be like, oh, remember when Grandpa used to roam on the phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, if you haven't rolled, if you have not rolled, and you have any kind of physical issue, even if you don't, I'm telling have you, a I physical just had ankle issue, surgery. I'm going to steal your. You got to roll. I will. I will hit you like Terry Tate, <laughs> and I will tell you that you need to cover on your TPS reports. I will destroy you, Jimmy Roche. Uh, yeah, th- this thing is is awesome. Uh, tell me about. A lot of people know Kickstarter. Yeah. But don't have touch with anybody who's put a product on Kickstarter. Maybe they bought something on it. Maybe they've just looked at it and know about it. But you actually yeah. went to Kickstarter with Viper. Why do it and how successful or not was it for you? So we wanted to leverage some of the buzz we were getting. So like, by, so we make the first 100 and we had seeded an amount. We were starting to get a little bit of buzz. I, the plan was to pick a few retail partners. Retail buyers are reactionary. They're, they're not entrepreneurial. All they want to know is, hey, we're having a lot of demand for this. Now it's I have to going carry. to sell. Exactly. They, they, don't want, they want to take no risk. They're not, they have no foresight or anything. You go into some of these, like, you know, the headquarters of whatever, it's Dick's Sporting Goods, but without bashing our partners. They all wear name tags. It's very, everyone wants to kind of, like, just be really safe and do their job just good enough so they don't get fired, basically. So when I went in with this concept of, I said, Hey, you know, this is going to be a $200 road. They said, no way. That'll never sell. Total total doubt. And, um, I said, I need a way to like prove that there's a market for this. This is not a unique story, by the way, of 
wanting to get rid of the middleman that is the retail and that yeah. judgment. That's yeah. what Kickstarter does. Yeah, and so like you know, they have an argument about price sensitivity. There's no way, no one's we can't we can't put this on the shelf with a foam roller. It's way too expensive. And I said, all right, well, I'll prove it. So what we did was we we put the product on Kickstarter. And then we leveraged all the buzz with, with like the celebrity athletes we were having to the media. The media started writing about it. And while our Kickstarter campaign was going on, we were getting articles in. We were in um, uh, the biggest one was Gizmodo, which is like a really popular. I read that review actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and like I think the title of the, the, the article was like the Viper by Hype Rice is freaking awesome or some very <laughs> yeah, positive. Yeah. Perfect. Like, yeah. And it was like. It, and it didn't mention the price till the very end. And it said, if you're into this, then you'll be into this. And yeah, yeah. I think it called the Speed 3 like the uh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it, we talked about um, the movie Spaceballs, where it's a uh, ludicrous speed. So, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> ludicrous speed. So, 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 so what we did was um, with with Kickstarter. Are we at a concert? Did t- why is Taylor Swift now <laughs> Taylor, wrecking our show? Taylor Swift is dominating. Hey, she's everywhere. At least you know we're doing it live. She's there. Oh my god! So, so what we did was, um, if I could keep my concentration, yeah, uh, try not to dance on the couch. So, so what we did was we. we uh, we launched it on Kickstarter, and then we were getting media hits during. And we would literally see a media hit, and we'd go from thirty thousand to fifty thousand, and then we went from fifty to seventy. And then I remember we were at one seventy with like a week to go. And your and goal was a hundred. Hundred, hundred. We were at one seventy with a week to go, and we did a hundred grand in the last five days or something like that. Wow, awesome! And the, yeah, it was a monster. It was like a sprint to the fit, and that was because the Gizmodo article came out. And then since then, we've done, uh, you know. The numbers don't matter. It's it's done well and been good. Um, I I remember when when someone uh, I was watching this interview with it was Steve Jobs and Bill Gates together, and it was a two man panel discussion, and they were talking about how when uh, Apple had surpassed Microsoft, and they said you know this is like this big milestone. No one ever thought that would have ever happened that another yeah. country in sales, and they asked Jobs about it, and he said he goes it, look it really doesn't matter. Our goal is to make great products. So for me, the um, whatever happens financially is a side effect of doing great work. And I remind my team all the time, we, we pay attention to the numbers, but we don't obsess over them. Let's make the best possible product we can. And if you build it, they will come. And that's kind of the philosophy, yeah. Well, Anthony, you're making great products that I really, I personally like. I get no money uh, for this. But <laughs> I really love this product. You're an influencer, Kevin. V-Y-P-E-R, Viper. You want to go to hyperice.com, and you can order a Viper there today. Dude, it's, if you you're going to need rolling, to order one because I'm stealing yours. I, I got one coming for you. <laughs> we, uh, If you roll, you want to do this. Yep. This is next-level kind of stuff. A lot of sports teams are getting them, national teams, college teams, Texas Eric Sullivan was in here earlier. Anthony was here. He says, "Oh yeah, we got a we got a bunch of those." Of course they did. Yeah, they're on top of it. In uh, in uh, Penn State. Oh, sorry, uh, Stanford as well. The two teams that lost. So not your fault. Not your fault. Anthony just let that be. Final Don't four. touch that. That's they like made it to the final four. Uh, but but the, the only Penn State uh, in uh, will also I'm sure be it's. Well, there's only there's only so many hours in a day. We're going through all the NCAA schools, so I'm sure we'll add them as clients. But I will say, at being at the event, I come here every year. Four years ago, I knew very little about volleyball, and I think I'm volleyball literate now. I declare myself volleyball literate Love after it. the fourth year, and um, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. Yep. Right on. Thanks for Thank coming. Thank you very much. Thanks for letting me hang out. Anthony, yeah, thanks for being here. You. Thank you. The Net Live, live from convention. You need to go to hyperice.com. Get yourself a Viper. Get yourself some Hyperice. The, the, those things are great because dealing with the old school style ones, what a hassle that was. Trying to ice everything and trying to trying to keep yourself dry at the same well, especially time. Especially as a travel. Case. I mean, like that. 
the Hyperice, the Viper right now, if you go online, you can see the size of it. It's it's, it's you can travel. travel size. It's travel size for sure. It fits in a carry on because yep. I travel with a regular roller that I stuff, you know, a grid roller that I stuff with. Oh yeah, clothes so it doesn't take up much space. Yeah, I will take this on most occasions now because it has that capability. And Correct. I can, I can fit it in sideways in my carry-on at the very bottom of my carry-on bag. And it won't just randomly come on and start vibrating your suitcase, which would not be good for you. It does have an on-off switch as well as the turn-on button. It's Correct. A, it's a really nice piece of technology, and it's a premium piece of technology, no doubt. But if you are an yeah, athlete... it's price-pointed at a... But it's... This you is are, so good you're for what you. You're what you're worth. Listen, I know this is a big commitment. You need to go out and at least roll. And again, we're not... Start rolling. I get get no money. We get nothing for this. No, but start rolling. Rolling is good for you. I do it all the time. Start out with a black one. Go to the grid. Look at this. This is a great product. I love it. All right. uh, We have another coach coming on here. Sweet. What is going on? Why are we... Eagle Eye Cherry is now bombing right here. Speaker's like right above our head, too. Are they serious with that? Save tonight? This reminds me of France, 1998. Are we at the the end of the convention? Like, are they shutting it down now? We're going to shut it down in a minute. It's (laughs) 5 o'clock. Jesus. The Net Live here on a convention show. Brandon Rosenthal, gone, not present. Already left. He's at a Taylor Swift concert tonight or something. And uh, Justin Timberlake. Okay, Justin Timberlake. He's at a Justin Timberlake. He's got box seats thanks to his lovely wife. If he'd left for a Taylor Swift concert, I would have given him a his lot more His lovely wife, Kate. And uh, Brandon Higa with fashionable shoes on is here handing out our cards and supposed to find Sinjin Smith, except Sinjin Smith crossed the river and we lost him like Andy Dufresne. So we could not find him. So we're going to welcome in a guy that uh, he's, he's grown up in this system. Yes, gold medal squared. Gold medal squared. Uh, I think he's been forced to read bunch block uh, since he's uh, about five years old. Yes. Yeah, he's not really listening, but that's fine. Whose card is that over there? Whose card is that? Is that Andrea Becker's high card? Is that Anthony's? It's the Ambassador Hotel. What? Concierge. How do we get that? So I don't even know how that ended up here. Uh, let's welcome back to the Net Live, uh, Chris McGowan. Chris, uh, I have a question. What age were you forced to read block and bunch block? Yeah, three years old. No, I've got a great story, actually, about volleyball. So we grew up, obviously, Dad was at BYU. Yeah. And uh, he was teaching there before he was coaching. He was kind of messing around with the women's team here and there and then going off to uh, to the national team guys for a long time. And when I so I never started playing volleyball because volleyball didn't happen in the high schools in Utah. I was yeah. a football, basketball, baseball kid. And uh, I remember the first time I went to play, we'd go on Christmas break down to Dad's old stomping ground in Long Beach or something, and we we went out with a bunch of people and we're playing outdoor, just a little beach. And so they're like, "Come on, get on," you know. And uh, first serve, some you know ball got served to me or something. I made some just awful move, and I can distinctly like childhood, you know, just shaping (laughs) event where he just came and some of the sticks picked me up, took me off. Like. You're going to have to go dig sandcastles over there. I remember being like, like, like the scruff like, of your neck. Like 15 years old, just being like, what just happened here? Yeah. <laughs> he was just so like mortified that, uh, that this son of his just knew nothing about volleyball, that it was like, <laughs> you just need to go as far away as you can right now. Hey, and how? so, yeah, so subsequently, uh, we were down, you know, at 62nd place in Long Beach. That was where kind of his whole crew played. And Rudy Sawara finally just took me under his wing. He's like, come on, we're going to figure this out for you. And uh, so started started getting it going then but uh yeah dad the first the first volleyball contact with dad was not was not uh, a good one your dad founder of gold medal square i believe along with marv Dunphy, or we, his credit entirely go to carl on this no one? carl marvin doug okay 
Yeah. Uh, and we're sitting here in the Gold Medal Squared booth. They're kind enough to bring us in. A lot of big-name coaches involved with Gold Medal Squared. If you don't know, Mike Wallace is the coach of the national team. We already mentioned Carl and, and Marv Dunphy. Jim McLaughlin from Washington. Jason Watson of ASU. I'm trying to think of some of the other guys who I'm leaving Rob, out. Rob Browning at St. Mary's. Browning. Tom Black. Loyal Marymount. Loyal Marymount Team USA. Susie Fritz at K-State. Yeah, really a, a wide-reaching thing, and, and thanks for having us here. But I want to ask you about BYU. How exciting a time is it right now to be at BYU as far as volleyball goes with already success on the men's side that you've had for a number of years? Now the women are all the way to the championship match. You know, it's I'm so excited for those kids. So just so proud of what they've done, and just I'm um, super stoked. It's people. I try to give them perspective. You know, in in terms of what they've accomplished to get to this point, to be in a final. Uh, the resources, you know, in men's volleyball, it's a little bit different. I think that we match up resource-wise about as good as any school in the country. Oh, you mean you have $100 to spend? We have $100, yeah. you know. And, uh, you can divide yeah. it up ten ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and then, the you know, the scholarship counts and all of that kind of yeah. give us a little bit of a more level playing field. But, you know, in terms of just resources, and this is what you get when you come to BYU – they're doing it uh, at a level that's, you know, kind of way below the Texas's, the Penn State's, the Nebraska's, the schools that have, you know, just invested a ton in infrastructure and athletic facilities. And then they're doing it on top of kind of all the constraints that you've got when you're recruiting athletes to BYU. Hey, you're going to have to obey all these rules, and, uh, and it's going to be a completely different university experience right. than, uh, than anywhere else. And so for them to do it in, under those circumstances – um, it's just been remarkable. I'm so excited for him. Yeah, very cool stuff. And we, we spent some time last year talking about the BYU conundrum or the puzzle that you guys, in addition to everything else, have to solve with that university. So we don't need to go down that road again. But uh, with the program in your university, we talked about, mentioned that three of the four final four teams for the women's side have men's programs. Does it make a big difference inside the university and the way the sport is treated, the fact that you do have men's and women's? You know, I think it affects both programs in a positive way for yeah. sure. For one thing, you know, I got my start at BYU volunteering for the women. And so that was my avenue into the sport, uh, you know, into coaching at BYU and uh, shared an office with Sean. And so he and I spent a lot of time together. And I think, you know, now when just even, you know, administrative issues like practice times and, you know, can you help us out with this? Hey, we need to move that there. Can we bump into your practice time? Can that go on? Just all of that stuff happens so seamlessly and so easily because we've got this great relationship. And our guys are really supportive of their team. They'll dress up in ridiculous outfits and come and stand on the baseline and, and heckle, you know, and uh, they're our, our girls' opponents. And same things happen happens with the girls. You know, they'll, uh, they'll wear crazy outfits and come to our matches, and it's just there's this really pretty good level of support from both coaching staffs and then both group of athletes. I think that uh, men's volleyball last year, a dearth of opposites. No opposites at all uh, existing, really. Can we bring Jennifer Hampson over this year? Can we right. have her play? Sign that kid. I think she's, yeah. you know, the way the eligibility's worked out, she's she's going on about, you know, nine years at BYU now. Maybe we can uh, <laughs> squeeze 10 or 11 out of her here. So. She's 37 years old, still playing <laughs> yeah. opposite over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you said you, you shared office space with Sean. Uh, Sean Olmstead, who is the head coach, congratulations to him. He was kind enough to give us some time on Monday when we had all four coaches on. And I, I wonder, 
Is there any jealousy or an inner office issue with how strong his mustache is compared to your potential mustache? Yeah, I, I don't even compete there. It's a, it's a field that I don't even want to walk out on. Actually. So you're not even sad because you don't feel like you were in the game. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it, the funny thing is, is somebody came up to me this morning. I was looking at a chart or a you know kind of schedule of events out in the lobby. And somebody goes, you shaved it off for the championship. <laughs> and I'm wearing awesome. my BYU gear, and I'm like, no, no, you, you got the wrong guy here. And, uh, and he, he was convinced that I was just pulling his leg, that I was really Sean, and I shaved it off. And it was, I'd, I'd crushed all the mustache karma. And uh, He was mad at you. Like, yeah, why would you like, ever do that? You, what are you doing? Yeah. And, uh, and so I was I'd tell him, I don't know how much you know about BYU, but I'm not looking for a career that – involves a mustache here you know (laughs) you're on the black couch (laughs) that's right (laughs) so all right you're you have this year uh taylor sander had an incredible season with the national team uh, which must have made you amazingly proud uh, to watch what he did internationally people would talk about that you know hey just what a great job you guys have done with taylor and and i'm saying yeah it was maybe five percent us and 95 percent taylor but yeah just i'm really really excited for him and uh people would ask you know did you think he could be that good that fast, and yeah, I'd say, I, I, I think did it's not that see that coming. Side, yeah. I did not see that coming at all. You know, I knew that he was going to be a great player eventually, but I didn't think that eventually would mean like two months after he finished at BYU. Yeah, yeah, I think year two is going to be interesting, much the way I thought throughout the year. World League, the second time around, was going to be interesting. World Championships, he's crossed those barriers admirably. I think year two, he's got to go through that schedule again. I've been through a professional season. We'll really find out if he's ready to hold on to that same level again. So I think that's a story to follow this summer. But, yeah, for sure. But I want to keep you on your team because you uh, you traded in one Sander and you got another. Brendan. Brandon? Brendan. Brendan. Brendan, yep. Brendan. I thought I had it right. Yeah, because I did a college or high school match with him a year before. Uh, Brendan Sander. Uh, better Sander, Taylor or Brendan? You know, it's uh, it's tough to compare, obviously, and it's one of those things people ask you, hey, how's Brendan going to be? Is he as good as Taylor? I'm like, look. Taylor's arguably, he's for sure in the discussion, top one or two, maybe three players to ever come through the program at BYU. Yeah. He bounced out to the national team. Hear that, Ryan Millar? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take that, Ryan. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, you know it's unrealistic to expect that Brendan's going to be, you know, that. And you kind of start to envision Taylor as he finished as opposed to Taylor when he arrived. Right. But uh, Taylor, when he arrived, was a pretty physical kid, could jump a ton. Still fast, big arm. Brendan, I think, lacks some of that. You know, initially he needs to get a little bit stronger, but he's working really hard. And uh, But he's got, I think, better underhand ball control than Taylor when he first got here. The The way that he has a feel on the ball and the way that he makes angles is, is pretty solid right now. And so he's got a lot of good things going for him. And then just um, in terms of his commitment to kind of the university experience and just he's a super good kid. He's a great student right off the bat. And uh, – He's coming into the office, you know, help me with this, and let's watch film about that, and just is taking his improvement really seriously. And so, you know, I think when we had that discussion, actually when he got to school, I said for the first year, maybe year and a half, two years, you're going to be Taylor's little brother. And, uh, and I go, it'll, it'll, it'll pass, and pretty soon you'll just be Brennan. And, uh, and I said the first two years I was Carl McGowan's son. Right. And, uh, hey, oh, you're Carlson. And, uh, and I said, you know, it's taken a few years, but now, you know, I'm just Chris. And uh, Did you wear a name tag that said, hi, I'm Chris? <laughs> hi, I'm Carl McGowan's son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, I, you know, I, I kind of understand what, what it's going to look like for you. And, uh, 
but yeah, you know, he. I think it bugs. Oh, you're Taylor's brother. I can just see kind of his eyes getting narrow. It bothers know? Keith Barnett to this day. <laughs> I think, actually. <laughs> so yeah, but um, he's. It's really fun having him in the gym, and uh, he adds a lot to to the group. And uh, I think you know he'll play a big role for us even as a freshman. I think there's a party going on in here now. They cranked up the music. You got somebody on the mic. I don't know what. The Rock and start playing. I got, we got to get over to the sitting tournament here, Jeremy. We're yeah, going to go play some sitting volleyball. I've been stretching on the couch. This season, give me the top three teams in the MPSF preseason. You know, the rankings have come out. Uh, no, but I don't care. I'm, yeah, I want yeah. the McGowan Power Rankings, the yeah. Chris McGowan Power uh, Rankings. Pep. Okay. Is, See? Uh, I just have to do that to Jeremy. Uh, yeah, like I, like I say, they're not. <laughs> Pep bringing everybody back, I think, is going to be uh, really good. Santa Barbara is going to be a physical team. They've got a re- I love their setter. Safe is awesome. Yep, and, uh, Safe. Yep, and they've got a physical kid at Oppo that replaces uh, Light, which is uh, it's going to be interesting with those guys. And then I think they're, you know, three through a bunch. I think SC was young last year but played great. They could put it together and be really good. Um, John, you know, is kind of sandbagging a little with the Bruins, but I think – they can kind of get things organized and be good. Uh, teams that I think people aren't looking at too much. Hawaii, I thought, would uh, could be pretty good. Hmm. Northridge um, has got some guys what? in the gym. The, so the Matadors? The Matadors, you know. And so, We've got them on Pac-12 this year, actually. We have a season match. Nice. So, nice, yeah. And, uh, you know, just the group that's there, you know how it is. It's always gnarly. And so... Um, Cougars are in there somewhere, I think. We've got to get a little bit healthy, and uh, and some guys that uh, are younger got to make some improvements. But we've got some physical kids that uh, if they can become a little bit better volleyball players over the course of the year, uh, we'll be in the mix. All right, no Ben Patch yet, right? He's on year two of Iowa or Ohio or wherever he's been stationed. Ohio, Ohio, okay. yeah, Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I think I told you that story where Ben <laughs> trying to you know go to the fashion capitals of the world Paris, London, Tokyo. Instead, he's going to Columbus, Ohio. But uh, he's doing a great job. But and he's getting recognized. It's awesome. Knocking on doors and he gets recognized. Knocking on doors. You're Ben Patch. That's great. <laughs> Perfect. And, uh, yeah, but uh, he comes back in July. So we'll get him for a little piece of the summer. And then uh, Ben Patchira starts again. Right on. Chris, thanks for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. It's awesome to see you guys. Thanks for having us here at Gold Medal Squared. Yeah, you bet. And, uh, and tell your dad. I love Gold Medal Squared. I don't I want angry phone calls <laughs> this year. That's right. That lights you up a little bit, huh? I got an angry phone call from him because I say something bad last year. Coaching Illuminati. He didn't like the fact that I called what? it the what? Yes. coaching Illuminati. He said, I think you should come to an event before you, yeah, start, before you start talking them about the bus. it. Especially <laughs> since we're in their booth. Yeah. I know, I know. And I and I wanted to come to an event and then my schedule got all messed up, so I'm still on okay. I'm still on the want You're list. on probation. Open invitation to show anytime. up and, and, and feed feed balls to people, so it'll work. All right, Chris McGowan, thanks, man. Thank Good luck you guys. this season. We'll see thanks. you. Thanks. All right, the net live continuing here from convention now. Jeremy, I think we're about done. I see no one around our booth con- anymore. People are playing. Great convention, Kevin. Good show yeah. by you today. Glad I could show up. I want to make sure we thank uh, many of the people who came on today. We had Jamie Morrison, Andrea Becker, Don Flora, Molly Menard, Tim Kelly, Eric Sullivan, Jacob Hicks, Chris McGowan, Anthony Katz. We had uh, we had quite the rundown of people. And, Jeremy, thanks to you for showing up because it was down to you and I as uh, co-hosts this year. Last year we had about four people on. Yeah, sometimes I didn't even have a headset on last year. And a uh, national championship match coming up tomorrow from OKC. It will be Battle of the Cougars, BYU versus Penn State. We didn't talk about that Penn State-Stanford match too much, but uh, Penn State-Stanford, it was Penn State doing what they do, winning in crunch time, and Stanford looking a little nervous. What's your prediction for tomorrow? I'm going to call Penn State. 
I just think they own this place. And I'd, I'd love to see BYU win it because I'd love the unseeded team to do it. I'd yeah. love the Cinderella. I think they can do it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great match, and I'm excited to watch it from my house. But yeah. uh, I, I think it's going to be Penn State again. I just I don't know what it is about now that Penn State thinks that they're that good, but they, they are. I'm always curious with because uh, BYU didn't really have pressure coming in to the semis. And they looked like they were out there. Even when they weren't playing great, they were like, okay, no big deal. Texas looks like they felt the pressure a little bit, especially after losing game one. Um, but then watching Stanford and um, Penn State last night, neither one of them looked nervous at all to be there. Right. So I think, although I thought Stanford played tight, I thought they didn't like their opponent. Uh, but who are you going to pick? Pick a Cougar. I'm taking BYU in the mascot challenge for well, sure. That yeah, could, yeah. The PSU Cougar. Well, we need your mascot. Your personal mascot challenge this weekend has been great too. Oh yeah, yeah. I have. I've gotten everybody. Yeah, and I got the, the mascot guy. walking around. Yeah, you got everybody. Um, I'm going to go with. Penn, uh, I'm going to go with Penn State too. All right, so two votes for Penn State for the win. Yeah. Thanks to Six Eight Clothing Company. Thank you to Gold Medal Squared for bringing us in and making us a part of their annual event here at convention, the AVCA. Thanks for putting on the convention. Really, a top flight event. Something that you want to make a destination if you are a volleyball coach at any level. Make sure you get out here and make sure you visit 68clothingcompany.com. Got a note from a listener this morning saying that they did visit 68 Clothing oh, Company and, uh, and purchase some stuff. They, they were doing 50% off denim. They have their new flannels. Good stuff happening there. We'll look forward to another year, beginning of year seven of the Net Live coming up in January. We'll have our annual netties. I think uh, Taylor Sander might be making an appearance at think the so? annual netties. Okay. I think we might be speaking his name. Katie so. may or may not get an award this year. We'll see. We'll see. See what kind of campaign she comes up with over the next few weeks. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of our show. We will uh, bid you adieu for 2014 and from Oklahoma City National Championship coming up tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you. Jeremy and Kevin out for the year. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.